When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with my brother and co-host Devin. Hello. And we're joined tonight by the awesome, amazing Brandon Roost from Whiskey River Trading Company. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, Devin, what do you got for us today? The more you practice what you know, the more shall you know what to practice. Interesting. The more you practice what you know, the more shall you know what to practice. What to practice. That's a that's a that's a good maker quote. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I, yeah. I think when I was reading it, I I mean it's kind of a general quote, like but it's interesting. I think the farther you get into a hobby, the way I took it was the farther you get into a hobby, once you know you can do it, then you start to figure out you learn more about it and maybe maybe why you do it, you know? Yeah. Like, you get to a point where, like, oh, I can do this thing now. And then maybe start to backtrack. Like, uh, why am I doing it? Do I want to continue doing it? That's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I think it, it kind of, like, as you get further and deeper into a hobby, you become more invested in it. And you, you want to look deeper and further into it. And you understand what things you need to um, get better out to to be able to keep progressing in that direction i was talking to a guy uh, i was at a, a renaissance theme party last weekend and uh it was a guy that was talking to me about knife making because i had my scottish dirk with me and he was like oh, how do you, you know he's asking me this stuff and he's like do you ever do damascus and blah 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 and i was kind of getting into it and then i was kind of getting deeper into the weeds of of knife making he's like how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> like uh, just years of being in the hobby, you know, you get deeper and deeper into it and you learn more and you want to know more. And I listen to things and read things and a lot of uh, YouTube, a lot of YouTube, yeah. a lot of watching yeah. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube's good for that. I think that, uh, I preach a lot to the folks that work here at whiskey river, uh, forward momentum. So it's just mm-hmm. like always making sure that you're moving forward. And that's like the, the fastest way to, have a hobby go kind of stagnant is by not looking at it from a different angle or looking at it uh, through new techniques or anything like that. So, yeah, I think it's as you get further and further into anything uh, in life, it it shows its true colors and you have the option to build onto that. Yeah. And I think as, as makers, you know, we usually strive to get better each time. 
Mm-hmm. So as you're, you know, you can only get better so much before you have to re-dive into the thing you're trying to do and try to move forward in it, you know? So like mm-hmm. I could make, you know, a thousand Pucos and they would all look the same and they would be great. But if I want to push further into knife making or, you know, any, like you have to invest further into what makes it special. How do you push further? How do you try to get better each time? You, know? it's, you yeah. just run into someone who's really, really good. And then you're like, Oh, I'm, this is, this is what I'm doing. is not, not de- right. Yeah. I mean, I, I find myself sometimes falling into like a, a pattern where it's like, I've done the same thing over and over so much that I don't want to like look back as if and pretend like I don't know it. And I feel like mm-hmm. lately when talking to customers and stuff from a beginner standpoint, it's like, well, I, I never really looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot that I used to wonder about that, I guess. And I don't really even know how to explain it, but um, taking a step back and being like, huh, there, there is new ways that I, you know, can, uh, I guess, do this technique or um, right. whatever, especially with axe right. hanging. It's like, there's so yeah. many different ways to do things. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I was, was going to say, it's a thing like when you have to teach someone, then you, yeah, then you exactly. really have to, Oh, then you go, Oh wait, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. No, that, yeah. yeah, that is a good question. Or, you know, or your kids are going, why, why, why? Like, <laughs> well, right. I don't exactly. <laughs> yeah. Know. You're like, let's, I've never thought see. about this, this in depth, but uh, <laughs> now I am. <laughs> and I find myself you know, talking about things and, and, uh, referencing things or using vocabulary that's so common to the the, tr- the hobbies that I do. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I need to explain this a little bit more. And I got to right. talk about why this is what it is. You know, if I say, you know, flip it over and ha- bang on the pommel, you know, like mm-hmm. people aren't going to know what that is, you know, unless they understand, you know, why it's happening. Or, or like you said, something about like axe hanging is is such a simple thing. But mm-hmm. there are so many techniques and things that people do and tricks and things that you learn over the years from doing it um, that yeah, you forget that it's it's not um, it's not second nature to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> when did done, I you know, when did I learn this? I don't actually right. remember learning this, <laughs> but I know right. it. Uh, so yeah, and that that comes with that you know teaching thing where you right. got to focus on those little details. We just uh, we just finished um, shooting a couple a combination of videos last night we're doing a new thing we're going to do some questions and answers on the channel and uh somebody was asking from one of our videos on uh on axe hanging how to adjust the the tilt of the head you know for like if the head's if the the bit is tilting to the right how do i bring it back to the left Mm -hmm. they're like i don't know what to do and i just like I don't know. And I was trying to think about how do I explain that? And I was thinking about when did I learn that? Was that something I just learned out of like common sense or was it something that I tried a few different ways and realized like where I was having problems and, you know, so trying to think back and like, Oh, how do I do that? Like, I don't just do, it's not just second nature, you know, it's like an actual process. Yeah. That's a lot of botched hangs for me. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I learned that. But I'm not really sure. Eventually it just stuck, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone points out something like, Oh yeah, make sure that you're hanging your ax, you know, the bits parallel with the handle. And then I'm like looking at it. I'm like, Oh damn. Yeah. You're right. I I didn't look at that. Or it's it's me saying like, all right, that's, it's, it's good enough. Let's, let's move on. And you're like, wait, hang on. No, he's going to, he's going to keep going. I, I love that. I, I just edited my first YouTube video uh, by right. myself. Dalton usually does most of our editing and uh, I shot and edited it. And there was so much, so many times where I was like, wait, just a little bit more. 
I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull the head off one more time you know like i'm gonna keep yeah. i had to edit a lot of that out because there's like 40 of them i didn't realize how many times i said that and like how many times i pulled the head off but that's 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 how it works is but, that your, your the grinder hang yeah yeah the grinder one? hang yeah it's yep. awesome yeah <laughs> it's awesome. It's great yeah that now i just set myself up to do this one tool challenge so i'm gonna try to hang this axe hang an axe nice. one tool yeah yeah that's great all right well yeah. before we before we get too deep into the podcast let me introduce you so we are talking to brandon roost who's the proprietor and start the the captain of the helm i would say the owner of uh, whiskey river trading company um and uh has um been in the axe game for a long time comes from a family of axe men um if you don't know we'll talk about that more but um and uh, has just been an awesome person in the community, in the Axe community, a good contributor to um, the online presence as well as offering up all sorts of great vintage tools with the new auctions that you do as well as helping out artists in the community with the guild, which is great. So, Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words there. Absolutely. Um, So one of the things that... I mean, it's, it's like a typical interview thing, but I'd like to know, like, how did you get into, um, axes and, uh, and art? Because, uh, I mean, I know because I followed you for quite a long time, but I know that you do a lot of art as well. You know, a lot of metal sculpture as well as, as your company, you know, like running the company, but, um, how, how did, what's, what's your background in art and your background in making? And then, um, and then also your background in axes. Yeah. So the axes kind of shadowed the art in the last few years um they i like to say that they pay the bills a little bit better than uh mm-hmm. art there's kind of big gaps between sculpture work and slash selling sculptures um but i still spend between 10 and 15 hours a week on art i just i don't really it's for me kind of and no, so great. i spend a i spend a lot of time uh that's my that's my quiet time and uh yeah yeah so i got into art when i was uh like 15 uh my buddy's mom bought uh him and i a welder a 110 hobart miller or a 110 (laughs) hobart you know like uh a flux core machine and she was like hey you guys can keep this if you weld the chicken sculpture for me which you know at the age of 15 you're like oh my god she's gonna take it back if we don't do this so uh we (laughs) i had the shop they lived in town so she like let us keep it at my shop and uh or like in my garage that I, when I lived with my dad and uh yeah so we we would uh just like burn through so many rolls of wire uh <laughs> learning <laughs> and neither of us ever took metals class in high school or anything so yeah we we're just like I lived on a farm so it was a lot of um old tractor parts and machinery parts and just scrap metal yeah. that we were just welding together and I messed around with uh air-cooled Volkswagens as a young teenager and mm. so lots of repair work on those and so that's kind of what took off or made the metalwork thing take off. Went to college in New Mexico to uh, climb wind turbines and decided that I wanted to be an artist instead. I had my welder down there with me, took it with. You, and you went to college to climb wind turbines? Yeah, yeah. And that, I, <laughs> to I, like I work climbed, wind turbines? Yeah, like, yeah, like I, <laughs> I liked mechanical things and I like climbing. So I was like, oh, yeah. And... I took my welder with the college, like in the trunk of my car, um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, I lived in an antique store. So I was like, well, I'll weld up a bunch of random stuff and like sell it. And it took off. And yeah, it was like, I'm making enough money at this and some other side stuff. So dropped out of college and uh, 
started what was called Rooster's Creations. I don't think I've ever talked right. about that on uh, any social media. Oh, but nice. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, I was told, uh, I was told to, uh, like, hey, you know, you should not, like, put yourself in a corner with Rooster's uh, Creations because right. you can only sell what you create. Um, and then, uh, I don't huh. know, for a couple of years, I tossed around the idea of names and stuff, and Whiskey River Art and Trading came about. And, mm. uh, yeah, so I did a so bunch, of, I did a bunch of contract work and other stuff um, with art, but that's kind of the Whiskey River intro. Um so you said someone someone suggested that you change the name so that way you like did did they know that you had that idea that you possibly wanted to make it into something bigger than right. just your yeah. own work? Okay. I yeah. actually like thoroughly enjoy selling things. Uh, it's not common with artists, I don't think. I think a lot yeah, of right. artists struggle with that, but I actually <laughs> yeah. like I like enjoy enjoy that part of art too is like talking right. and making like setting someone up with like the perfect piece uh for what they're looking for, which yeah. makes me a relatively decent contract artist making other mm -hmm. people's work but yeah so i uh it was it's kind of like a, a mentor during college he had said hey you know you're pretty good at selling this stuff so maybe you can sell other people's stuff too for them and help them so that's kind of no, what that's yeah uh, that's cool so is there a whiskey river somewhere that the name came from no no actually uh oh. The idea came to me uh, while uh, just in the middle of the night, woke up to get a, a drink of water and open the fridge and was like, that's, I don't know, it just popped to me at the most random time. And it has, it has not necessarily <laughs> any real meaning. I mean, I used to drink whiskey a lot. Uh, yeah. And so we kind of, the Whiskey River is kind of like the, the journey of being heavily uh, intoxicated, you know? Gotcha. Um, okay. And that was kind of that, that time of my life. Um, I was yeah. young, a young man. Uh, and right. so, yeah, the, uh, the art thing started and I was doing stuff on Etsy and my father, who I guess we can talk about uh, later mm -hmm. is a designer. And when he became a designer, a contracted designer for a uh, council tool yep. that, uh, I was like, well, this is his art form. And I grew up with him like designing tools and he's kind of an inventor and a tinkerer and, he made the tools that he needed to use for his job and that was um i was like well i can sell his artwork too and that's kind of how i got into the axe part of uh, whiskey river yeah huh okay mm -hmm. that's great so so you started whiskey river as w that was the art side of it before the yeah it was the axe side of it exactly yeah. and we had no intentions of necessarily selling tools i i sold art and antiques that was my like focus was um we had I bought out a couple old antique stores that were closing down of inventory and we listed oh, those wow. on Etsy and oh, that nice. was, yeah, piles and piles of stuff. And, yeah. um, so that was the, the, the initial like idea uh, okay. was art and antiques. Hmm. So when you first buy an antique store, does it go from excitement to like, Oh man, I w wonder what's in here too, like <laughs> pulling your hair out because there's so much. <laughs> yeah. Crap. Yeah. Well, it was like, uh, we bought out this place and, I had like a big dually and of trailer and we pulled up and I was like, all right, there's a dumpster over there. Let's throw all the glassware in there. Cause yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no interest in selling glassware on the internet and we're, we're marketing purely, uh, like almost hundred percent on Etsy, uh, mm -hmm. that way. And I've been on Etsy now since, uh, 2011. So was pretty familiar wow. with the platform and that the woman that was working for me, Jackie at the time, uh, she was like, um, I'll prove to you that you can make your money back on this glassware. And 
next hmm. thing you know, like we're making a decent amount of money off of glassware and I'm glad we didn't throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we got That's pretty great. big into Pyrex before Pyrex kind of took off and, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So we were up to like 2000 live listings on Etsy at one point, wow. which was pretty crazy to manage. Yeah, every time, every time I'm at a flea market, I look at those old Pyrex and different types of those old mm -hmm. bowl sets, those colored mm -hmm. bowl sets that a lot of people have or a lot of people's yeah. parents have. And yeah. I think we bought some for like, you know, 10 bucks, the whole set. And then you look mm -hmm. and you find some places like, oh, they want $200 for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, right. It's, it's wild. Yeah, for that, for, like that specific color and yeah, pattern yeah. and yeah. yeah, the pinks, uh, the pinks. Everybody loves the pinks. Uh, really? Yeah, <laughs> so but yeah, so yeah. I'm like a, I've got like a random amount of knowledge of uh, milk glass and <laughs> glassware in my head that doesn't translate too much anymore. But yeah, so that's great. Um, but yeah, so yeah, lots of junk. But then also like some treasures. We found a a dresser. There was a dresser there, and we were dumping out the contents of the drawers into a box. And we were like sorting through it and it was at night and we had a flashlight out and we saw a sparkle and we found a pair of diamond earrings taped together oh, um, nice. that were, that were like white gold and um, paid for a decent percentage of what we paid for the collection. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> so that's like a, that's like an unheard of thing that never happens. It's right. Usually, exactly. usually just receipts. So <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, so then you were, so you're doing that. You said you did some contract work. So that's you're like, yeah. like your your own stuff, not not working, not like selling other people's stuff, but doing work like commissioned work. Is that what you? Uh, so or? so the contract work came came like uh, as I was starting Whiskey River Art okay. and Trading. Uh, it was it was kind of like a, a time between after college. I came back and was working a farm mechanics job and was like working on tractors and stuff and uh, mm -hmm. and. I was still welding art on the side and slinging it on Etsy, but someone reached out to me off of Facebook and said, Hey, we got this gig in Chicago. Uh, it's a 26 week contract building sculptures for the city. And I, oh, wow. it, yeah. So I went down there and I jumped on their metal art team and we built these huge sculptures. Um, and that's like a s super long story, but yeah, it was basically like three Victorian houses that floated on the river. Whoa. Uh, yeah. And they were life-sized. And then we clad what? them in wood and then lit them on fire. And it was called the Great Chicago Fire Fest. Mm. Holy cow. <laughs> so my, my team was like, in, like the team I was on was in charge of uh, welding the barges, the actual floating barges. So we built, we mm. welded these like pontoons and these mm. huge decks that were modular and went into the river, uh, craned in. And, and then, yeah, that was like a spectacle uh, 2013 Dang. or 2014. I can't remember what. So, and then I ended up doing that for two summers. Um, and that's kind of like what launched the, uh, like really that money, I guess, was kind of what launched Whiskey River into right. buying, buying like antique collections and being more, uh, more business-like instead of just being a side hustle. Nice. Yeah. What happened yeah. to the, um, the structures? Do they just sink or? No, they just, no, they, they float them all back down, back down, up the river, I guess, or down. I don't know. Chicago River flows both directions, so it gets confusing. Oh, but right. <laughs> back inland, and then they crane them out, and then they torture them apart and throw them away. Wow. So, yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. I got a bunch of it because I had a flatbed, so I like was like, can I have some of this? They're like, yeah, you can have whatever you want. So the <laughs> rearing horse sculpture that I yep. just sold um, that oh, was nice. yeah that was constructed out of a bunch of that steel that I took from that or you know uh, like got given awesome. from that yeah so. <laughs> nice mm -hmm. so you said you just sold that that sculpture yeah we did 
Nice, because I know I, you took it to a show recently, right? Within the last couple months. Oh uh, no, that? I took it to deliver it. Oh, I, gotcha. Yeah, yeah okay. I delivered it nice. to Las Vegas to a to a uh, outfit who modified it for the buyer. I can't really talk about who bought oh, it yet, yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. it's coming out. Yeah, it should nice. be on my social media here in the next week or so, Sweet. I guess. But yeah, it's being outfit with lights and. Uh, it's being shipped to Houston, Texas, and will be in a public space for people to see, and that's super exciting. All right, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, cool. At where where has it been? Like, I know I I can see where it has been physically, like in the field with the fence near it. Like, mm-hmm. is that on your property? Where where has that um, been? That was at my old uh, studio that I shared with a buddy. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And he's uh, he helped with that sculpture, and so Sweet. we had it out on his. It was just like a farm with a pasture and. We put it out there mm-hmm. with the cows, and we just stood in the middle of the field. Um, and then I moved it up to our new place uh, mm-hmm. when I moved, and it sat like in the tree line at our house, and and then sold. So right on, that's sweet. I do miss it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. When when was it you built that? Was that like uh, shortly after that? I built it in. We finished it the last weekend of April in 2018. So, Mm, uh, yeah, so it took a while for it to sell. And that's something that like people are like, oh my God, you sold that sculpture, you know? And it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it, it took four years (laughs) to to see something like that move down the road. Big stuff doesn't sell as quick as the. Yeah. That's the little stuff we make. So I guess, like you said, you know, some of that is that's your own hobby. You like make the stuff because you enjoy making it, you know? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the best. I mean, I think for me as, as an artist as well, if if you're doing work because you love the work, then when yeah. it sells, that's great. You know, of, of course you want to, like, if you can pay your bills, yeah. then you can do the work on the side and it can just be a hobby and you can do it as much as you want and sell as much as you want or as little as you want. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, nice. uh, it's like whenever I come to work, like in my building in town, uh, where mm-hmm. we sell the axes and stuff and ship out of uh that whenever i come here in the morning after welding the night before i'm always like in such a better mood yeah like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like wow i i definitely can tell i got some time like with the welding helmet down and i got to think a little bit nice that's great <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i didn't think about that yeah that yeah. like that it's space like you're in there just with yourself yeah, yeah you can't yeah. do anything else man <laughs> it's like yeah right. it's not like you can be like it's not like you can be like on your phone or be distracted by really anything you're just focusing <laughs> on what you got in front of you so yeah 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 I, I feel that way when i'm when i'm grinding like doing a knife or grinding anything you know it's like you have the ear protection on and the respirator mm-hmm. on and the, and the safety glasses and everything is contained and confined you know usually yeah. i have i'll do like uh uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth earbuds, and I'll listen to music or listen to a podcast. But really, like it's, I've had my wife or daughter walk into the shop and like, sh- you know, scare me because I'm like completely in the zone and like all c- yeah. you know contained inside my head. It's, Interesting. It's yeah, I haven't, I haven't messed around with. Uh, See, so what earphones do you or what headphones do you use? Um, I have uh, Isotunes um, Extra, so they actually have the like they're the Bluetooth. They they have the like the part that goes around your neck and then into your ears. So I, I do that because I also. Yeah. Yeah. So noise canceling. Um, they're, I've been super happy with them. They, I would say they work just as well as any like standard over the ear, like muff. Um, didn't, didn't you headphones. get the, okay. So you got the ones that hang on your neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they also, yeah, they sent the earbud ones to me. I didn't like the earbuds. So don't get the, right. The free earbud. or whatever. Yeah. Don't get the stand only earbuds. They yeah. are not great. Um, so I've been, I've been working with the, I just work with the foam like yep. earplugs in it, and I've done that for like years and mm-hmm. so it's the same thing like someone will walk in the shop and I'll have like no idea because I've just right. got earplugs in and uh, yeah. 
and I kind of like the solitude of that, mm-hmm. just being dead silent almost. But uh, every once in a while, it's nice to listen to you know podcasts yeah. or you know like a or just music and um, music. Yeah, yeah. So and I've been of course you go on Google and look up like those and it's just like there's so many options yeah yeah i've really liked the isotunes and they have um because they're designed specifically for working you know mm-hmm. that's like their thing is like for workers they they have uh, different types of ear um that you know the parts that go in your ears so they have mm-hmm. the they oh, have yeah. the foam ones that are literally like the same thing as the phone ear foam earplugs so you can oh, squeeze crazy. them down put them in and they open up and then they have like the regular rubber ones that come in all any other like earbuds but uh hmm. but yeah i've been i'm really happy with them so Sweet. i'll have to check them yeah. out they're nice and like i said i like that they hang around the neck because then i can pull them out and just yeah. like let them hang down if i'm talking or if i'm doing other stuff around the shop and i don't have to like put them down and lose one yeah, you know yeah. or two Seriously. or whatnot you know they're always i go through there. so many yeah. i go through so many <laughs> right exactly. it's like and you know, like set it down and it's like why did i just set it down in the middle of just a pile of grinder dust like really i gotta put that back in my ear and you gotta grab a new one <laughs> yeah yeah um so um what uh what i want to say um how did you get into selling axe handles? Because that's how I mm. first learned of you. And that yeah. was through axe junkies, me joining axe junkies way back when, when I started to get into axes and um, and then seeing your name pop up. Before I even knew who you were, I was seeing the Whiskey River axe handles come up yeah. in conversations. So right. how did you get into doing handles? Um, I was so I became a council tool dealer in 2017, early 2017. Mm-hmm. We we're only selling their premium line. And it was so it was like hyper focused on what is premium and what is uh, like, I mean, what do people how do people grade handles and Mm kind of saw this gap in the market where it was like most people understand what makes a good axe handle, but most people can't find that handle uh, where they normally would be finding handles Uh, Mm -hmm. like a hand an axe handle is actually relatively easy to buy. Uh, Right. You know, you can go to most stores have them uh like even like your big box stores have them it's just that they're not that great and so that yeah people are just being forced to to do that and i have an attention for detail and i like old tools and you know growing up around them it was like pretty easy jump and so yeah we just kind of it it kind of went along we were looking for like what we call add-ons to orders so people who mm-hmm. want to buy an axe but they are also like looking for something that's you know, because a premium council tool axe is $150 plus. Right. So it's like we, we wanted something in the more, in the sub $50 range. And so axe handles right. were, were kind of fell into that. Nice. Yeah. And that's, uh, and, and now we've kind of gotten into the more of the designing of heritage uh, or historically correct um, pattern handles and things like right. that. So when you like, purely like how the business works when you are selling an axe handle as a whiskey river handle mm-hmm. um before you got into like the the vintage handles are you like excuse me just working through a distributor of like a general axe handle and then you're working with them to pick out the right grade are you uh sending patterns that someone's making somewhere for you specifically how does that work um yeah early on was uh we'd like partnered with a guy who kind of like tweaked some existing patterns to work and then he would grade them and then he would send us only the a grades uh that was kind of how it worked early on um and then kind of grew past what he was wanting to do and um then we kind of took over that and so it's 
kind of like, hey, we want the eye size to be a little bit bigger on this one, or hey, we want, you know, can you change this? And it's just kind of like each handle's kind of been tweaked a little bit. And then I kind of got over the tweaking part and was like, all right, we should probably focus more on offering handles that are um, like fancy, cool, like mm-hmm. like our, our original handles were very much, uh, I, I would say very, very nice handles, but I wanted to be like something that you could hand my great grandfather, right? Who I grew up around yeah. and he would be like, wow, this is a great ax handle. Uh, um, yeah. So just like the, the best of the best on that. And um, instead of just only focusing on grade quality and no right. lacquer, we were we wanted to be more focused on like the shape and all of that so nice yeah yep nice so so how um so now you have like and the listeners and our viewers will know that i just used your axe handles thank you to you for sending yep. them over well thank you do... for doing the video oh absolutely yeah yeah but um so how did you come up with that um yeah that i bought handle that shape? i bought that off of ebay um okay. and ebay um i'm not a big fan of ebay but um the person that i bought won the bid on messaged me and was like hey i'm gonna cancel this and then uh i'll just trade you product for this handle pattern but it was a cast (laughs) steel handle pattern and i found that on ebay and it took a bunch of modifying to fit into the contract company that we contracted to do our lathe work um Mm -hmm. and then also that handle pattern is probably from the mid 18 or well 1880s around there and so it's awesome yeah it was like sandcast steel and the way that an older lathe works uh it allowed a lot of room to be tweaked but like the more modern lathes like from the 60s um they want to work off of like you can't i don't know you can't tweak them and so the eye dimensions were like way off. There was like smaller than a boy's axe on the eye, but the handle was oh, still wow. the same shape and, you know, um, dimensions. So we had to build onto that eye section oh, to get the sweet. eye section where that, thir- where the 30 C handle is now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's had four variations and now I think we're kind of dialed in on nice. the eye size on that, on that specific handle. But yeah, that's how that handle came about was a vintage cast, um, pattern. That's so cool. So, um, to build out that eye, would you, you, are you like welding things onto it? Are you doing Bondo to build it up and then making a new, like, how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So I'm with my Miller welder, make welder. (laughs) I'm just building up, grinding off, building up, grinding off and uh, eventually getting that where, where we want. And, uh, welding on cast is obviously, um, yeah. Yeah, an interesting thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not easy, and it makes it <laughs> off, awfully brittle, and you don't want that batter to be brittle. So there was a lot of preheat, and getting that, um, it took me more time than I ever want to admit to anyone <laughs> to get that eye <laughs> built up. And we had, yeah. uh, like, shipping it back and forth, like, getting it on the lathe, seeing how it runs. Right. And so, yeah, that handle, um, that handle is kind of our flagship of our, heritage series right now but the uh but man i have i have a lot of work into that handle (laughs) it's uh it's it's kind of it feels like a sculpture really it's like uh i yeah i just every time i see those handles and they come in i'm always like man i got a lot of time into this (laughs) making this how this is and you know just looking over every detail and i feel i feel like a total handle nerd because i collect all these (laughs) old vintage handles and you know like i'll i'll buy a head a flea market just 
to like pull the handle the out handle. of yeah <laughs> yeah just to take like some sort of design cue off of it and i'm always like oh, measuring people are always like people are like why are you what are you looking at like oh, i'm just looking at this axe handle <laughs> it's like and i'm just got a tape measure out and so yeah um i spend the majority of my day thinking about axe handles and uh and awesome. yeah so that's kind of that's kind of how the axe handle thing started um and yeah. we focus on raw hickory no uh, we may do other species down the road, but right now it's just hickory and then mm -hmm. uh, focusing on um, no lacquer, no wax, and right. the the idea of, you know, grain orientation and runout being very, very important. So our, we have A and B grade, and then we have a pile of C grade handles that will never touch the internet. And mm -hmm. as someone yeah. who's been selling on the internet for 15 years, you cannot sell on the internet anything that you may think will come back because that is how you go out of uh, business like yeah. you <laughs> if you ship something that you're like ah oh, this is someone might be upset with this a hundred percent of the time they will be That's upset with it hundred <laughs> yeah, percent right. like <laughs> yeah so yeah for anybody out there that sells on the internet don't ever ship something that you don't think you know or there's a right, small you're percent not chance. Yeah, yeah if you're not right. confident a hundred percent so we have you know i've got a rack at the warehouse with a bunch of handles and you know some crack from shipping or you know like yep. uh i'm sure all of anybody who's shipped freight knows like forklift drivers don't really care so we've got stuff that's like been scuffed with forklifts and all of that and i uh i don't know i i burn some i build yeah. cool stuff out of them i want to do a sculpture out of some axe handles and nice. um yeah but yeah we we don't really ship anything that was anything that would have a question asked yeah, so the first time that I met you was at the extravaganza, Eastern mm -hmm. PA extravaganza up in uh, up in Good PA. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you had a pile of axe handles there. Were those? Yeah, those, a, are those are that right? Those yeah. are C. Yeah, yeah. So you were like around axe guys. You're like, mm -hmm. take a look if you want it. That's great. I'll give it to you a right. good discount because I can't right. sell them anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. We sell these locally, like they're especially right. at our new location. It's like more inviting because we're in like our own building. We're not sharing with multiple other businesses like we were. So it's like we can have people in. I don't have a store yet uh but right now it's like by appointment if there's someone driving through and they want to dig through like a a box of handles and i'm going to regret saying this publicly right. i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it's like these are handles that aren't junk by well some of them are junk but right. there are some right. good gems in there and if you're okay with like a pin knot or a little bit of yep. a wormhole or some di weird discoloration like um we don't throw out throw out anything that is um that might have some life in it Right. Yeah. How, yeah. how many do you think you have? Oh, I probably have. Uh, <laughs> uh, I probably have like twenty five hundred, three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh, that's like my stomach. <laughs> my stomach doesn't like saying that because uh, that's like product that we bought for the same amount yep. of money as what we yeah. put on the website, right? And so it's like we got a lot of money tied up in this stuff, and right. it it yeah. does suck. But it's like what would be worse is sending it and then having to ship it back and then yep. do that whole process, and mm. um, and also having a customer who's not happy with what they got. You know, the the yeah. chance of them getting something again in their mind is, is pretty high if they are upset with their, uh, first yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hearing yeah. that, you know, that you have that much stock that you, you don't, you're not willing to send out to someone cause you know, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not what you consider a or B great. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if you would, if you yourself would have got that piece and be like, this isn't what 
you know, it should be, then mm-hmm. you, like, yeah. you, like you said, if you know, if you're at all hesitant, then you know the person you're sending it to is going to be hesitant. Right. We don't, we always say like, we don't ship anything that we wouldn't be proud to own. Like, and yeah. we, as in like anybody that works here, it's like even yep. down to um, like Gretchen who uh, ran our office for the longest time um, before yep. we moved. Like she, she did a lot of camping. So she was like into hatchets and stuff like that. But it's like, if, if she wouldn't be happy with it, who is right. just, <laughs> just someone who's just like a, a casual, a novice, yeah. yeah, a casual yep. camper. It's like, then mm-hmm. we definitely shouldn't send it. And, so yeah, it's uh, you know, we had oh man, I had a our 16-inch scout handle. Mm-hmm. I had 250 of them come in last year, and by the time they got to us, they were all warped, um, oh, and they man. were turned out at Greenwood. And it was thankfully oh. only that specific model that had been, and yeah, they had warped. It was winter, so it was super dry, and uh, oh, yeah, so like 250 of those are. Uh, are just floating around <laughs> in, in, in totes. We got these big crates that we put them in and yeah. So that's, uh, that's Jeez. that. And then there, <laughs> there's ones that crack and break and, you know, things like that or customer returns. That's another thing. If a customer right. returns a handle, we don't ship it out to another customer because right. if one person's upset with it, there's a yeah. good chance. Yeah. That's, that would, that's just silly. So yeah. We right. a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so like if, I mean, you, if you received, those handles and they weren't you know they were all warped because they were turned green and because of the the conditions like is that not something you go back to the company that oh yeah no we we made that they made that one right yeah no we we made that one right yeah but it's uh it's more like uh but there's those things that happen yeah those things that happen and those are like we 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 could sell those right but like they're all warped like some of them like are like pointing around the corner of the room like they're (laughs) they're really bad um I, I don't po- I don't like posting pictures of them because I don't want people to think that that's like at all common because it's not um, right. That's kind of an anomaly <laughs> here, but I mean yeah. wood wood changes. You guys know it's like yeah. Uh, yep. you, and if you're shipping wood across different climates uh, through mm-hmm. r- warehouses that are climate controlled or sitting out on a dock outside or yep. in a semi in a hot semi, it's like those are crazy variables for shipping raw uncoated hickory. Mm-hmm. And that's why. That's why ha- most handle companies have lacquer on their handles. Right. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just keeping, you know, axe handles in my shop, you know, just the difference between winter and summer and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the moisture level that changes. I mean, you know, they get loose, they, they warp, you know, just things move yep. and change. It's just, it's just the yeah. nature of the beast, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Brandon, do you think big box stores sell, you know, handles with the wrong grain orientation just crappy like let's say c-grade handles do you think they sell them because people don't know or i guess i would say people don't know or they don't care but i guess that could be the same well same i thing. like to uh, my buddy just turned me onto this mindset that uh haven't really talked about much but he he and i are he's the one that went out to vegas with me to deliver the horse and while we were driving it was like you know you're i'm in a big van and we're pulling a trailer and it's like all these people cutting us off and it's like, <laughs> what what's going on? And I always assume malicious that people are just being malicious. And mm-hmm. so in this case, in business, I would like to think that they're not necessarily being malicious in a way like, oh, we're going to try to pull one over on these people who don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's more that they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like the person who's buying axe handles right? for Lowe's, Home Depot, you know, any of these big box stores, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they don't, they just don't know. And then yeah. the the operator on the lathe for 
uh, a large turning facility, you know, down in Tennessee mm-hmm. or um, down that direction, are do they care or do they know to care? Uh, right. You know, like, are they just told, here's a blank of wood, put it in a lathe, and we need six times as many as you're capable of turning out so yep. get going you know so it's mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of manufacturing in the u.s and mm-hmm. a- axe handles post world war ii kind of started becoming straighter and narrower and mm-hmm. that's you know that's just how it is like the the idea of we often my dad and i talk about this often it's like a lot of people think that a- that everything improves or everything changes to improve. Mm-hmm. And yeah. is it improving for the customer? No, not necessarily. It could just be improving for manufacturing ease or um, easier on the lathe, easier on wood consumption, things like that. So um, yeah. axe handles have changed over the years and have, I'm using air quotes here, improved, but only for uh, making a cheaper product for the manufacturer. Right. So, I mean, eight quarter hickory is very hard to get in premium flats on A grade, you know. Yeah. It's. Yeah. You know. Well, I, and, and, you know, someone goes to buy something, they just think, okay, a big chunkier thing. Yeah. Uh, it'll last longer, like a big fat handle, because mm-hmm. they're not looking for the grain or any of the stuff you should probably look for. They're just mm-hmm. saying, here's a big chunk of wood, good enough. And yeah. let's be honest, if they break it, they'll either think it was them or they'll just buy another one for. 15, 20 bucks, right. or whatever it is, and yeah, not, right. not worry about it. I mean, the average consumer, like, so being in a niche market like we are with yep. axes, it's like we hyper focus on those things. But, like, as I market handles, as I try to market handles outside of only that niche market, I realize how much um, people don't know. And also, uh, yep. they're kind of okay with whatever. And it's my, yep. my job to educate them on that. And, um, so yeah, I, I just think that, uh, the average person is going to buy like a sledgehammer handle mm-hmm. or a mall handle. And yeah. if they go to the hardware store and buy that and they put it in and they hang it, there's a really good chance that that's going to last a long time. And yep. they're probably going to get their money's worth out of it because they're not using it every day. Right. It's just there in the backyard for when they need to split wood or it's just there like at their hunting cabin or whatever. So for people who are out using these things and want to really enjoy them, I can see the focus on grain orientation and color mm-hmm. and, you know, shape and all of that. But for the average consumer and the masses that Home Depot and Lowe's are marketing to, I don't think it really matters. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's yeah. hard to admit as an enthusiast, right? <laughs> Cause I yeah. would love to be able yeah. to come in, well, go into Lowe's and see a 30 C on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they understand get... me. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, why are we paying this much for a handle? We used to only pay $10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's um, the thing that... is like, that's my email <laughs> inbox. Yeah. That's my, yeah <laughs> right. that's my email inbox is like, wow, the ax market's really, the ax handle market's really uh, taken off. This is outrageously expensive. It's like, well, like you don't have to buy it. You can go and buy the thirty dollar right. one at Ace Hardware or the forty dollar one on my website. It's that you know. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually noticed in the in the last uh, like maybe year and a half, two years, the axe handles, just you know, cheap cheaper ones from you know big box stores and hardware stores are going up too. Oh I used yeah. Used to be able dang. to get them for you know ten bucks, twelve bucks. Now they're all fifteen, twenty, twenty five dollars. I'm like, dang. I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's COVID and wood and, you know, yeah. they're all coming yeah. into Inflation it, and yeah, shipping. But yeah, we've got, yeah. uh, 
I, I was at Ace Hardware um, a month ago, and a 36-inch long curved handle was thirty-two ninety-nine. Jeez. So it's like, that's not too far behind. I, I don't even know what yeah. my 36-curved is right now for price, but I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. And yeah. it's like... <laughs> The 30C is 41 bucks for eight. Yeah, I was going to say it so, can't be yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it can't be that so, much more than that. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like we're kind of on par with it. And, you know, uh, we've been trying to hyper-focus on keeping our cost low through this, um, through lumber and all of that yeah. going up. And um, obviously price hikes are inevitable and, and coming, but. Um, right, yeah. But yeah. It is, it is funny where we will decide to hem and haul over price. Mm-hmm. Like I'll find myself, you know, even well, let's say grocery shopping or whatever, and you see one thing for four dollars and one thing for six. And you're like, "There's no way we're spending six dollars on this." But then the night before, we we'll all go out to dinner and spend seventy dollars. Right? Yeah. It's like, what are we? And eventually, you're like, "What am I? Just buy the better thing. Just yeah. be done with it. Yeah. Buy the local better thing, and you'll be much more happy in the end." Yeah, my favorite yeah. thing to do is at the self checkout. Um, I'll like scan something and be like $14 like out loud <laughs> if you guys ever want like a really cool funny reaction my girlfriend hates coming to the grocery store with me uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just like no matter what it is it's outrageously expensive so just shout out that number and <laughs> people look at you so weird <laughs> your girlfriend's like Brandon shout out yeah it's Stop like it. everyone's just like eagle eyes right to you yeah, yeah. milk's getting really expensive these yeah. days yeah I'm like $5 for a gallon of milk Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So I was like, "Did you see the price when you were walking around the store?" Yeah, yeah exactly. It's always like at the last minute as I'm scanning it, I'm <laughs> just like shocked. That's uh, great. Yeah, I like what you said earlier when you were talking about like most people are going to buy it, and it it doesn't really matter what it looks like or how it feels. It's just yeah. it it serves the purpose, and I yeah. realized that's like that's a big part of why I enjoy using an ax is because I enjoy all of it together. You know, the shape of the handle, the feeling of the handle, the, the seeing the hang of the head and being really proud of that. And you know, the nice wedge and all that stuff, it all comes into play when I'm using it. But that's, that's the minority. Most people don't Mm -hmm. care. Yeah. You know, they're just like, I'm going to do it. You know, I, I enjoy it because I'm an ax enthusiast, but Mm -hmm. you know, and I have a hundred axes that are all hung and ready to, to, you know, cut and split and i only need one or two maybe three you know like i don't so yeah, yeah, it really I is mean, a minority to enjoy you know that like using a, a tool and being really uh, there are a lot of people who i that in the world that that appreciate a good tool but yeah it really even those people are still a minority in the world totally yeah i i see it and i mean it's in every hobby probably uh but like yeah. i have an 80s volkswagen scirocco that i daily drive <laughs> and it's like that car looks like a piece of junk to most people right and they don't appreciate <laughs> yeah. it but it but like to me it's really cool and it's fun and to drive but like most people just get in their car and turn it on and if it turns on they're like yeah i mean it's a good day right and then they drive exactly. to work and then they come back and when their light turns on they get their oil changed sometimes yeah. if they have a flat <laughs> tire then that's when they get their tires changed and so it's it's the same thing with axes it's like the majority of people who are going to use an axe on the masses are just yep it's it's just to use an axe. It's not. It's not to like feel a connection with it yep. and like, you know, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I think even even someone who doesn't know when they handle something that's like a a, a proper tool or that mm-hmm. that that has a great feel to it, then you kind of like, oh man, this is what it should be. Yeah. Like yeah, oh, this is There's great. There's an intrinsic. Yeah. It's like um, 
the light bulb. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, learning to play guitar or something, and you get like a crappy Yamaha, and you learn it, and, and then you like play a real nice guitar, and you're like, not only is this better, it's easier to work with. So, I mean, you didn't mm. know what you were missing until you get your hands on it. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it goes with everything, and so it's, uh, you know, axes are something that the majority of people overlook in life, and we uh, we just hyper focus on them. So. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to talk. I, I want to talk a little bit about your dad, um, okay. Craig Roost. Uh, so not really talk about, but like I. Oh, let's I, talk a bunch of smack about him if we can. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> that so I've actually talked to Craig like on the phone before I talked to you. He he messaged me one time. We talked a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, so I can't talk too bad. But but uh, no, but um. So I I uh, years ago found an axe in a in a junk pile at a recycling center. And that got me started down the line of axes. This was probably 2008, maybe seven or eight, something like that. Okay. Um, and, uh, so then, you know, I found myself looking for more information. I found ax junkies and then like became familiar with Craig Roost, who is mm-hmm. one of the admin of ax junkies. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, and then became, you know, familiar with you and then met you and, yeah. And so on and so forth. But, um, but so how did your dad get into axes and like, did he start axe junkies? Did he get you into axes? I know that you said that yeah. you were working with him on his design. So was his, as a designer, he was doing like tools and stuff as well as axe design or is it like all sorts of different stuff? I'm just yeah, kind of so in that. That's kind of a, I'll talk about it for a little bit. Uh, it could be kind of mm-hmm. lengthy, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> He did not start Axe Junkies. That is kind of like a misconception. He's one of a huh? one of the admins of Axe Junkies. He's right. Yeah. Of, right. Yeah. And he, right. uh, I can't remember the guy who started its name. Um, I don't know him personally, but uh, right. they started it, and that guy came up with like the rules and gave it to the admin team. Was like, have fun, and he kind of stepped away and was like, here's here's how I want this page ran, um, because it kind of <laughs> grew to being something bigger than what he wanted to be involved in, and gotcha. uh, so yeah. Uh, my dad is one of the admins of that page. Axes, right. he he actually has been a carpenter since he was 18, um, and he oh, okay. I don't think he'll admit it ever, but he's a really, really, really talented finish carpenter, which makes oh, nice. him a really, really, really good timber framer because mm. joinery yeah. and things like that. So uh, when I was eight, he built a authentic covered bridge uh, over a bike trail bridge which used to be an old railroad bed um, that they had converted you know like they've done all over the country and Mm -hmm. he built an authentic covered bridge um, out of barn material or like salvaged Mm. barn material Um, and that would have been uh, 2001 2000 something like that yeah Um, and that is kind of like he he was working a job as a uh, uh, at a printing press uh, company and he okay. ended up all of his like coworkers came to the like the ribbon cutting and were like dude you need to quit your job and start <laughs> <laughs> doing this for a living so then he started restoring dairy barns and 1800s oh, wow. uh, buildings and so my whole childhood from um from the basically the age of eight on up was um being around him um and he did everything in in a uh, traditional way so hand tools uh, that's cool. We had a team of percherons, and that's how we would raise barns. Um, what? And that's put up, awesome. yeah, it was like a gin pole, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I can't remember how many barns he relocated, but he would take them apart 
uh, tag everything, take them apart, and then move them, and then put them back together, like a big yes. giant jigsaw puzzle. And he worked as a one-man crew, like no employees. Uh, and, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, and yeah, and, and me as a teenager, just pulling nails. That was my punishment. Sons, son, son, labor doesn't count. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have just, to work. I remember just being like, "Dad, my hands are so cold right now," because <laughs> we're in Wisconsin. For all of you guys who yeah, don't know, right. and he, yeah, yeah he, he worked year round, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I pulled a lot of nails in my day, um, out of old lumber. So yeah, uh, basically as like a, a young kid, like eight to 12 was him going to these trade shows and kind of like events like you and I met at in Kutztown was like gatherings of, uh, enthusiasts and he would go there and do demonstrations and I would get sent to the truck to go like get tools. Like, Hey, go grab this, go grab this slick out of the truck or my command or whatever. And so I started learning tools. And just uh, like cool. that was like what I could help doing at that age because obviously yeah. I'm not like strong enough to do much of anything right. else. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it got me into the he got me into the tool thing. And nice. he would growing up, he would always like there wouldn't be a tool that would do the job like he would want. So he would either modify something or he would like build something from scratch uh, to mm-hmm. do it. And that's actually how the pack axe became uh yeah, a, a tool and that was his first design that he pitched to council which was a a boy's axe that he modified into being uh what he called a, t- a chisel on a, s- a stick and so <laughs> you actually for here for cutting mortise and tendon joints you're uh, yeah. actually sh- striking that with a wooden mallet to to cut your uh, timber framing joints oh, yeah gotcha yeah. and it worked so well for him and people were asking him like hey can i buy one hey can i buy one and that was kind of like wow, I probably should figure out if I can get with a company that wants to make this. And so he was a designer right. for council. Um, does that, uh, d- hold on, Dev, does, does, is that, so that design, I'm familiar with the design. Mm-hmm. Is that like, um, I know the, what, what is called the rooster mod for like half hatchets, which is what yeah. I've done for bushcraft hatchets. Is that's the same like design, right? Basically like sim- yeah. similar, uh, it seems like it came from the same origin, you know? Yeah. Like so like the beard to it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like stock removal of mm-hmm. a material from a, from a boy's ax head, you get a pack ax, uh, and in, um, in, in, uh, chicken hawk or rooster mod yeah. uh mm-hmm. things like you're talking about that's a half hatchet that is mm-hmm. modified to be bearded for carving and like small detailed tasks and mm-hmm. um he built a bunch of those and he he would build like these um he would build these like uh sharpening jigs to grind chisels uh mm-hmm. and so like he'd be in the basement all, like all night just like sharpening chisels and everything i'd be like sitting there on his uh yeah schnitzel bunk i guess it's called or yeah, like a, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um draw horse yeah, yeah i just pulled bunk. that out of nowhere uh <laughs> nice yeah um Devin so knows like, that name yeah <laughs> he, he he like built one of those and i would just hang out on that while he'd be like basement sharpening stuff and getting ready for the week work week and so yeah that's uh that's kind of how he got into axes and that's kind of i guess in turn that's kind of how i got into axes also was just like being around axes are obviously very very important in timber framing and yeah um he retired from timber framing in uh 2019 i believe 2018 2019 something like that and became and then became a full-time employee for council tool and does does a a whole variety of things with them and um nice but yeah that's that's how uh, i actually became a council tool dealer when he was a designer and then now he's actually staffed by them yeah. When, yeah. um, when they were, 
when council was, or well, I would say like my, I don't have a huge knowledge of council, but I know that they offer um, a, a decent amount of kind of uh, heritage type, you know, axes and things now. Yeah. Um, and, and so was some of that because of your dad's influence or also yeah. just the market turning to more bushcraft and more, um, you know, Grand Force Brooks, all these companies that are now like coming back, coming into the niche market of, of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like European and different, like, it seemed like it was a good space for someone to fill in the U S and count yeah. and the council is kind of doing that. Yeah, I can't really necessarily speak for Council Tool directly, but right. uh, there, I think that it was kind of like he was brought on at the same time where, no, with them, like understanding that the market needed gotcha. to, to like they needed some sort of knowledge of the market to help build that product line. And so there's multiple designs that Council offers right now that he's designed. And nice. uh, there's obviously plenty of designs that they've been building for years and years. But, um, right. yeah, and Council, it's it's like common misconception. A lot of people think Council Tool just makes axes, but they make, like, sledgehammers and uh, right. drifts and, you know, um, like uh, chisels and, like, mm. cold ch- like, uh, like, yeah, cold chisels and stuff like right. that. It's like industrial tools, if you will. Right, right. So mm. um, they're, they're relatively, they've got a relatively large product line outside of axes yeah yeah right on yeah so sweet all right well you know i just yeah i was i was curious just because because your dad is and obviously he's a big part of your life i mean like you just you guys just did the video the other night of opening up the 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 crate and pulling out like that's so much fun like you know it's like like a big you know like uh a treasure hunt inside <laughs> a like box Christmas. where you're not yeah. hunting. They're all there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I got all these sent to me in a spreadsheet. So I didn't really have like, oh, nice. I knew what they, I knew what was in there, but I didn't have my eyes on them of course. So yeah. it's like being able to like open them up and explore if you will. Um, yeah. And That's he cool. lives 14 hours away. So it's like, we don't, Whoa, yeah, we don't live. Yeah. So he, it's like <laughs> special for him to be like up here and us to be in the same yeah. room. Um, yeah. He lives down in Missouri and I live in Northern Wisconsin. So, um, uh, Dang. Yeah, so it's a, it's a trip. Um, to that's great. Yeah, so we get to see each other like I don't know three times a year, and so we try to always do something that, um, something fun like yeah. that. We installed a wood boiler the whole week, and that was exhausting, and a log <laughs> boiler. And so at the yeah, at the end of the week, we got to come in and play with axes. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. What are dads for, right? Like, yeah, right. Hey, Free labor. Free out? labor. Yeah, right. It's yeah, payback like, for all the barn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's great. <laughs> We always uh, we always joke that at any time we are asked to come up like for whatever family get together birthday whatever, my dad's always like while you're here and then <laughs> soon after he says that there's something to do for an hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. man, I thought we got away with it. All right, now all the boys are here. Uh, I need to pick up rearrange my shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, because we're 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 two of four brothers that are all pretty close in age. So how <laughs> far away? Been, man. How far away? Uh, are you? We're so my my two older brothers and I are all about a year to a year and a half apart. So like mm-hmm. my oldest brother and then my my next older brother Drew, he was born 18 months after my first brother. I was born about 13 and a half months after Drew. And then Devin <laughs> is the baby. Devin's about 4 and a, and a bit years younger than I am. So wow. and luckily we're yeah. still within uh an hour of each other. So okay. yeah, we all we yeah. all live here in Maryland. So Nice. Nice. 
Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, so you, you were mentioning, or we were mentioning you open up the box. So that's, that's for the auctions on yeah. Whiskey River. That's, and that's a newer thing, right? That's pretty yeah, new. It's for, the new thing. Yeah. Like, uh, so Dalton, uh, who runs our marketing and also the website and is kind of like the, the, the computer guy behind, he's the Devin of, uh, Whiskey <laughs> River, I guess. <laughs> and, nice. uh, yeah. Um, he, worked all summer on this auction thing um and so we finally got it launched we're, we're still waiting on apple um to release a app like to get us an app oh, with nice. their system but yeah it should be like a auction app for people to to bid on things and i don't know where it's gonna go it's a it's a new yeah. project i'm kind of excited or i'm actually really excited but i'm kind of like open to it um morphing into whatever I obviously have sold antiques, like I said, prior. Um, right. So it's like, yeah. it's a pretty easy jump into this. And I find that eBay sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. And it uh, <laughs> oftentimes I feel like I don't know how bids are being inflated to the like height that they mm. are on certain products. And yeah. Um, yeah, eBay as a seller on eBay for the longest time, um, it just changed into a platform that like wasn't friendly to buyers or sellers in my opinion. Right. And, um, so we wanted to have like a private marketplace where we could uh, offer axes and antiques and vintage tools to, to enthusiasts who actually care. And um, like, uh, I don't know, just want yeah. to add to their collection uh, different, different axes from different regions of the country. So this right. is like a West Coast, uh, heavy West Coast collection that we just got in. But uh, mm-hmm. previously, I had a pretty heavy Midwest collection, and uh, they. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of like the whole goal with it is to to eventually start doing weekly auctions. We're we're shooting for weekly auctions oh, wow. come uh, the first part of the year, uh, or first part of next year, and uh, just get some hype around that. It's one thing that I am hoping to do with it is uh, be able to do a like a community thing with makers mm. and with um, artisans where they can um, kind of use our platform as a, a right. tool to them and also uh, maybe do some sort of thing to donation, donate a piece and we'll, it's like a charity auction once a year where we are able yeah. to to auction off pieces and donate them to a cause so no that's awesome yeah i i like i really like the idea that you're saying like that it's like a friendly uh niche version of ebay right yeah because <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're you know what you paid for it right and then you're gonna you're gonna turn around and try to get it back out into the community for mm-hmm. a reasonable markup on your end which right. you know is within the community you're like you're just trying to keep these things and and keep you know keep people in the community getting them and enjoying them so you know mm-hmm. you market up would make sense for you to make, you know, enough money to make it worth it for your end. And then mm-hmm. it, it starts it off at a price that is reasonable for, for the, the community of acts enthusiasts that are right. looking at it. And then we can mm-hmm. all bid it up to wherever we want, whatever we feel yeah. comfortable, you know? So like if it yeah. goes up to hundreds of dollars, that's because everyone is comfortable with that yeah. price, you know, like, yeah, that's, and that's for cool. the record. We have no reserves. Right. So yeah. that's a that's a that's a fun thing. I think that that's yeah. like you know eBay. What we see a lot is is like these high reserves, right? It's like this right. Connecticut pattern is like seven hundred dollar reserve. It's like come on, right. man! Like you're paying the listing fees for this thing. Like right, do you exactly. want to sell it? Like or do you want to just like 
argue with people in the DMs on, or, you know, direct right. messaging on there. It's like, I feel like it's just a bunch of angry stepdads on the internet. And that's what I always yep. say is like, they're just, they're just looking to <laughs> argue with somebody. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't have time right. for that. So, um, so yeah, we have z- no reserve. Um, you know, there's probably going to be axes and things that we lose money on and that's okay. It's like, we're trying to find forever homes to these collections and a lot yeah. of folks who are selling us their collections are, are moving and they can't move it or they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to free up space in a, in their garage so that they can park their wife's car in it or, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> things like that. So it's like, if, if I can, if we can help that way and, and, um, help them in the way yeah. it, it is very hard to ship axes. Like yeah. we've got it down pat where we're shipping thousands of axes a year out of this space, but we are yeah. we're we're good at that and it takes practice and it it takes like an infrastructure of cardboard and packing material and all of that right yeah. so for an individual to want to sell 350 axes piece by piece it's a oh, it's yeah. a daunting task so we we can kind of take that on and um and uh buy other collections nice. so yeah that's yeah it's uh it's i guess it's just less hostile than ebay is yeah and, um yeah, yeah maybe maybe it'll turn into like antique furniture or you know maybe it'll turn into antique cookware i don't know it could it could be whatever <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it doesn't just, doesn't yeah. have to be axes on whiskey right yeah. yeah just a slightly modernized antique mall but with a curated like group of things mm-hmm. yeah we, we uh i i bid on auction sites for equipment and like tools and stuff like that and right. what i find is most of them suck at taking photographs and writing descriptions it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just like a uh, lot of tools and you're like <laughs> yeah. yeah but like could have better pictures yeah and <clears throat> no shipping you know or whatever and it's like so as retailers we've gotten the retail thing down so it's like moving into the auction game all the yeah. auctioneers during covid tried to tried to go online uh, and that's mm, that was yeah. like that's a very hard pivot from you just standing in a ring and auctioning off stuff and people are actually able to handle it and see it and judge it then to mm-hmm. having to be forced to have the infrastructure to photograph and list and ship. And so yeah, right. uh, we're coming from the opposite end, hoping that uh, it's a better customer experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting and it's fun to see. Like I, I really enjoyed watching you guys pull out the stuff and then you mm-hmm. like, we get a little taste of what might be in the auction and, you know, you do a lot of good, like you show that stuff a lot on social media as well. So yeah, yeah. I think you're, uh, you're doing a good job of like getting people excited and then putting it out there and, and then, you yeah. know, for the community, yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. It's if, cool. if you present it properly, you don't need a million users. You can have a thousand Mm-hmm. focus users and you'll still get the sales right exactly yeah. yeah and that's the thing with ebay is like ebay is scaled off the masses is like as many eyeballs as possible on there right. uh is the reason why stuff sells uh well right. and it's like yeah. an educated it's a small educated base of um customers is i always say it's like your thousand true fans are yep if you're focus if you're building a business focus on your thousand people don't yep. focus on who has a bazillion Instagram followers that never interact right. with them or don't focus on, focus on anything else. Just focus on the thousand guys who will, or folks who will just like, you know, listen to whatever you have to say. They might not buy it, but yeah. um, they, they're like willing to, to hear what you have to say. And, and that's all I'm asking for. And in, in this auction too, and it's, we've got a decent amount of registered bidders and uh, it's, it's been 
for all the people who have won, uh, they seem to have really enjoyed the experience so far. So we're only on yeah. auction three right now, and um, but yeah, hopefully going to be doing uh, over fifty auctions in twenty twenty three. Dang, there you Sweet. go, man! Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So, do you have you have a bunch of um, like collections and acts like lined up from you know or things you like you say you're gonna do 50 like yeah how do you know you'll have that um pro the product base like um that? Just, just yeah so i i want to do lots uh between or between auctions of between 20 and 50 lots anything gotcha. over 50 lots is like very overwhelming uh right. for for okay. us even not only yeah. for the customer but like <laughs> that's a lot to decide on what you want to buy in that auction but right um and we've all been to like live auctions where there's like a bazillion things and you're just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How do you even, yeah. yeah how do you, yeah, how do I even, yeah, yeah. I only have a hundred dollars in my pocket, you know, like, um, <laughs> right, yeah. so in this, uh, so we're trying to do small lots, but, uh, gotcha. yeah. or small number of lots in auctions, but the, uh, I don't know, uh, the collections come when they're need, when they need to come. It's kind of like, yeah. it's, it's the game that I enjoy and I feel like it's like the artist in me that just like yeah. enjoys that game is like, I'm not pushing hard to buy right. these collections. It's just, it's kind of like what shows up and what gets offered. And, uh, and then, um, we live in timber country, like Northern mm-hmm. Wisconsin's there. Axes are everywhere. So it's like, you know, I'm buying them at flea markets and estate sales and stuff. And, um, right, just, yeah. just always on the lookout. So I guess I don't know, uh, that I'm going to have enough <laughs> inventory, but I feel like with the supply chain issues that I've been battling with, uh, this is a lot easier for me to solve than, uh, than, right. uh, <laughs> than like lumber or, uh, axes from council or, you know, anything right. like that, that have been very hard to get over the last uh, year and a half, two years. Right. Yeah. On. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, what is, what's like, what's an ax? What axes do you keep? for yourself do you keep axes for yourself do you collect like you know like if you're, yeah you're obviously selling a lot of stuff <laughs> but like do you like what do you what would you find and keep like what do you like yeah so i have um i have a a like a liking i guess for uh mm-hmm. snow and neely hudson bays from uh, like yeah. older old snow and neely hudson bays like the lb and marked ones and things like that um yep. that's like kind of like what i enjoy which is a i'm in 2019 or in 2018 and 2019 i did um over 45 trade shows in that two-year oh, right period on. and that's where I, I met you in yep. 2019 um yep. no 2018 can't remember anyway 19 yep 19 yeah so yep. we um and i camped in a van like i don't i don't like backpack <laughs> camp or i don't like yeah. i just van camp um and and not in like a fancy way <laughs> just like i just <laughs> i use the van to sleep in and then i like roll outside yeah. and nice i like axes that kind of fit that where it's like yeah. it's like a 24 inch handle two and a half pound two and a quarter pound head and um so the that hudson bay kind of fits that uh yeah. that ticket um as far as I like the history. So, um, yeah. my good friend, George, who I interviewed on my YouTube channel and we sat down and talked, um, he, um, I asked him for a piece out of his collection. He's a Vietnam vet. He's in his eighties. And I met him at the lumberjack world championship. He's camped at my house mm. a couple times now and he's from nice. Oklahoma. He comes up and hangs out. Right and I, 
I uh, got a Black Raven that he restored out of his collection. And so, like, oh, that's a piece that I'll keep. Um, right. I've got a Flying Fox, which was the first – that was, like, one of the Flying Foxes in the first batch we got um, oh, sweet. ever. So, yeah. But, yeah, I don't – I'm not – I don't want to say I'm not necessarily a collector because like mm. I, but I do really enjoy like getting the stuff in and then getting it back out and like finding it, like helping other people f- finish their collections if they're looking right. for like a series or they're looking for something. And um, so yeah, the stuff I keep is, is uh, pretty low, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's we nice. got a, we got a pile of log hammers here that I'm pretty excited about. I'm actually looking at them right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like sweet. they're yeah, log hammers or axes that have them welded on the back and um yeah. yeah I wish I could keep all those. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, That's yeah, awesome. The, the crazy obsessed collectors don't start a business selling stuff anyway. Like mm-hmm. Dustin always right. not that Dustin's crazy obsessed, but he will <laughs> he has a pile of stuff and he was like, "Well, I might sell these and these and these and I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen any go out to be sold. <laughs> well if he ever needs a platform him. if he ever needs a platform yeah. to sell them <laughs> um, yeah well i'm also like i'm a i'm a user so like i don't really have the desire to get something that i'm not mm-hmm. going to use you mm-hmm. know so like of course if i like if i fa- like when i when i'm searching i'm always looking you know for like something fun and interesting mm-hmm. but if i found something that i i don't know like i wouldn't I wouldn't hang and use a black Raven, right? If I found it, like yeah. that's, that's actually one that I, like I have, I have affinity to crows. I have a tattoo of a crow feather on my mm. arm. And so when I first started getting into axes and I saw the black Raven stamp, I was like, that's so cool. You know, that's like yeah. my bird. Um, so that's and, interesting uh, that you bring that up because uh, that's the difference between you and me is I'm about to use a black raven to split, a, split a bunch of firewood. <laughs> so that's awesome. That, that's so, the collector yeah. versus, yeah, it's like, right. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> make sure you get a video, make sure you get a video. Oh, lad, put it on. <laughs> oh you saw the hanging video. It's, oh, yeah, it's the yeah. same act. Yeah. We're it's nice. a whole series. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like, and, and I would, I mean, maybe I would use it, but it's mm-hmm. almost like it, it has too much value for someone else, you know, for yeah. me to use it. You know, it's like yeah. I could I could turn around and sell like I, I wouldn't sell a black raven because I would keep it because I'd keep it for myself because I like right. that. But if I got like a plum champion mm-hmm. or something, you know, another like really sought after axe, I'd probably sell it before I used it and then use that money to do whatever else Buy I users. wanted to do, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I get you it. Know. That's how but, my dad is with almost everything is he's like, if I had a $700 axe, I would sell it and buy 10, $70 axes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. That'll do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. But so, I, you know, yeah. I enjoy the hunt. You know, I like finding them. I like getting the deals. So you know, that's, yeah. that's where it is for me. That, that's the part of the collection that I like. It's like, I have all these axe heads that I've only paid, you know, like I think 45 was like the most I ever paid. And that was early mm-hmm. on, you know, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think Devin brings up a good point is like, um, I am a retailer and even mm-hmm. though we run an online store, it's like we, we have overhead and that we need to make sure that we're keeping up with. So, right. uh, in the, it's like, we have to move product. It's like the faster it comes in and goes out, the, um, the easier it is on our business. So, and yeah. obviously we've got employees and we've got lights to keep on and all of that. So, um, that, that kind of like puzzle and that kind of game is, actually something that i really really enjoy and mm-hmm. it like triggers like i said earlier it's like it triggers the kind of the artistic puzzle you know figure this out design this thing um that's right the, the business side of me and that kind of correlate and um yeah 
the whole process of like photographing yeah. and getting the stuff on the website and all that. Yeah, that's it's really interesting that you you see that as an art. Like mm-hmm. that art form of understanding how all these pieces do go together and how do you figure out a way to make it work, you yeah. know, as a business and a you know and and move it through the community and get things in mm-hmm. and get things out. That's I I I don't see that on my end, you know, like yeah. that, that to me is not like, that's not what I see as art, but not because it's yeah. not art. It's just because like, yeah. that's, it's something that's interesting to you. It's what it, what makes you like tick, you know, I think yeah. that's, that's really yeah, for awesome. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I relate it to the, the company I worked for in Chicago was a theater that mm-hmm. we did that whole, uh, spectacle for. It's like, mm-hmm. I relate this to theater or like a dance. And so it's like mm. getting the, all of these steps and making sure that like in theater, you're, you're focusing on what the audience experience is and um and uh dalton is very 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 good at that and uh right. i am and then i like to put in the <laughs> the like awkward random things that people really uh <laughs> you know enjoy and like make it so that they feel comfortable and happy and safe on our site and you know mm, like right. um because that's what the internet is is like it's not a place that feels necessarily safe to a lot of people you know like right. you get into yeah. some weird corners of the internet and next thing you know you're like getting yelled at for nothing uh and yeah. so whiskey <laughs> river tries to like curate that and make it so that it's just like an inviting space and um uh so yeah it's a kind of like a theater style mindset of of art yeah, so, yeah but yeah, yeah and you're an artist so <laughs> or, right art, do you are you guys yeah. bo- do you guys both have art degrees I was going no. to ask that. Oh, well, so I have I have um, my undergrad uh, BA, a BFA, mm-hmm. Bachelor's of Fine Art, undergrad, and then a, a Master's of Fine Art. And Devin, his education is in is in film, so we went to film school. Oh, so they, so right. yes, we do both have education in art. Mm-hmm. But I have I have a paper certificate if that counts. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have anything, so <laughs> it's a climb wind turbine. <laughs> I have a, I have a, a very large debt <laughs> that, that goes along with my certificates. Yeah, <laughs> that everyone that I for uh, thirty years. Everyone Everyone that I ever met, which I met a lot of people in Chicago that uh, went to Micah, every single one of them oh, was right like, on. yeah, everyone was like, yeah, I went to a really cool school, but I have a lot of debt. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, um, I kind of realized years ago, like just, I would say not everybody, but most people of our generation are just always going to have debt. You know, Definitely. it's like everything is just too expensive. Like mm-hmm. it's not like our parents' generation or our grandparents where you could buy a house and, you know, pay for it. And, you know, you made the right amount of money to like the balance was there. It's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, if like education, cars, houses, everything is, is debt. So you either just deal with it and know it's a reality or you complain about it, you know? So, yeah, but exactly. I, I definitely wouldn't trade, you know, my experience through Micah and meeting mm-hmm. my wife and meeting all the friends that I've met and all the connections and all everything that I've made has like put me where I am now. Right. So yeah. I wouldn't go back and change it. You know, I, I still have debt. That's just the reality of what it is. You know, I, yeah. I'd like to change that, but yeah, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Handle prices are going up. Jeez. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Got a sacrifice between the two. <laughs> yeah. uh, Just don't go into debt for axe handles, you know. That's, yeah, right, that's, exactly. the, that's the lesson. Yeah, start selling my collection, do you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. gotta pay the bills. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dustin and I really have no eye or interest on the business side, which is a mm-hmm. a downfall for us because we're never we don't pay attention really to 
the money coming in or it, we're just not good at the business side of it mm-hmm. or it just doesn't interest us um yeah it interests us it just well, yeah. well, <laughs> we're just not good at it like it, we, it, we know we want to do something we want it to be there we just don't know? spend the time on it as much as we should i think um but that that's just how it is but like you said dustin went to art school i went to film school so we're just kind of mm-hmm. focused on making the thing and right. then once yeah, we yeah. make it we're like shoo that's over yeah, <laughs> it's like what it does after that. We 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 don't stay with it. I guess we're just like okay, on to the next thing. Yeah, we probably should. But um, yeah. well, that's the reason yeah, why I started yeah. this company was like to help artists sell their work. Like I said mm. at the beginning, it's yeah. like a lot of artists uh they enjoy the process of making the art, and then yep. they just mm-hmm. kind of like yep. release it into the world. And right. so many artists are like, oh my god, it didn't sell. Or oh my god, it's the or like if it's in your guys' case, like oh my god, this video is not getting traction, and you know yeah. it's just like, and in the case of selling it, they just they'll just like give it away, or they'll sell it, they'll mark it down because it didn't sell in a right. week, or right. um, and in the video case, like we've seen, I'm sure you guys see it often. It's like I see a bunch of creators that like do an awesome video and it doesn't get the traction, they just pull it, they just like yeah. pull the video. It's like guys, <laughs> you just do it for the process, and yep. so I. Yeah. That's the reason why I got into selling and helping sell other people's work was um, was to like help them through that process where it's like, hey, this may take three, four years for you to sell it at this price, but you deserve that mm. because of the amount of time you you know that you've put right. into it. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a little kind of the same thing. You know, like you said with videos, we I mean we don't pull it not only because it it just takes us so long to make them, so we're mm-hmm. just we want it out there whether a thousand people see it or a million people see it. Yeah. We're kind. Of, we're just happy with it that it's done and out there, and relieved that it's done. Um, yeah. But you might as well leave it because we have some old videos that every once in a while, I'm like, hey, we just had an uptick in like monthly money, and then I look back at a three-year-old video, hmm. whatever is doing great, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Somehow, he <laughs> somehow it rung back into the algorithm like, and got our, shared back out. Our new yeah. video that we worked on all month didn't do anything, but hey, this old one just got whatever <laughs> twenty thousand views, like yeah. in a couple days, like oh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As someone right. who uh, is, you know, like myself, has like owns a brand, and uh, I, I, we've been on YouTube, but it's not like in any scale um, mm-hmm. or production. Uh, what are some tips? What are, what is not some tips because that's open ended. Like what? What's one thing that you think would benefit Whiskey River when it came to YouTube? Because I, like I just said, I just edited my first YouTube video, uh, <laughs> yeah, and shot it, and it it seems like a pretty interesting learning curve. That's um, not to put you on the spot. But you told me no, to come yeah. with questions. <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I always say, and that. Um, whenever we do this, it always benefits the channel is consistency, right? It's just putting up consistent videos, whether that's like once a week or once every two weeks, um, whatever it is, just stay with it. Uh, because if you take time off, if you're inconsistent, Mm -hmm. you lose views really quickly. Um, you know, so we've in the past, you know, we've had different stages of consistency and we can watch the, you know, the traction go up and down with that consistency. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's one of the one yeah. things that I would say is just like just make videos often and keep putting them out. Do something that you can do often and and that it helps that Devin and I do this together because we're both always working with each other to to keep us motivated. Right. You know, like we'll be like, okay, we just finished a video. Like, 
you know, we've kind of, we've, we've like Devin says, we made the video, we put it out. It's great. Okay. It's, you know, it's doing what it's doing, but, but now it's done. Like, all right, when are we starting the next one? When are we getting together yeah. to keep, do the next thing? Cause we got to yeah. keep doing it, you know? And, and especially with us, we have, because as two of us, we have two schedules to deal with. We both have full-time jobs that are not YouTube, you know, and mm-hmm. we, and we like, so, and we both have families and we both, you know, we, we do the podcast once a week. So we're like trying to work around those schedules. So, you know, we know that if we put off today and in the next, like, okay, the next time we can meet is like three days from now. And the next time after that is six days from now. If we don't meet in the three days, then we're not going to meet for another week and the project's not going to start. And then it's going to be another two weeks or three weeks before it gets finished. Mm-hmm. And then that inconsistency is really what brings things down. So, okay. Uh, consistent. Yeah. How about you, Devin? What do you think? Or or do you just agree with that one? Yeah, I mean, no, that's a good one. And we, yeah. like like Dustin said, we we fail on that a lot. But every time we do, where we don't get at least one out a month, we see our numbers go down. Mm-hmm. Like, with without without fail. That's it, it just... Every time. Ha- every time. Hmm. Um, so, we struggle with that, but we, like Dustin said, we are constantly trying to continue to work. Um, for the video side of it just um do the best for one get good i would try to get good audio if you don't have it yet mm-hmm. okay um so a, a wireless mic to hook to you mm-hmm. i think bad audio puts people off pretty quick you know you see someone in their mm-hmm. shop and you can barely hear them and we've had struggles with that too where the audio is too low but we've yeah. always had a mic on dustin Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so good audio, and then I just ordered a mic that connects to my iPhone. There you uh, go. And it just came in the mail today. I just I opened it and was like, "Yep, that's a mic." I yeah, no idea. Like that, that's a relatively <laughs> cheap thing to mm-hmm. improve the quality of yeah, videos like tenfold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, right away. You, you with good audio, you step above fifty percent of the videos on YouTube. Yeah. And then with video quality, just look at people you like, and then. I mean, you don't have to, you don't steal their style, but you right. steal the way they shoot things. Yeah. Like, you know, there's yeah. not too much headroom. Like, <clears throat> if your head is in the center of the frame, that's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you should, you know, you got to tilt it down a little bit. Just just general, um, like, quality of life stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No one, they, looks at, no one looks at someone head on where they frame right. the person in the middle of the, right, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, it's yeah, how your just, eyes work. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, head, head in the top one third of the frame and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but... Yeah. It, Good audio. If, if people could invest, because almost everyone has nice cameras now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so like if, in your pocket. So if you can invest yeah, in a right. wireless mic, spend a couple hundred bucks or three hundred bucks, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're, I think you're you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have a one thing that I've been struggling with is, um, well, seeing that we just moved six hours from where, you know, we used to be, uh, it has been yep. just lack of help. Right. Um, mm, I've yeah. got some help in the warehouse, and, um, but. I like to shoot stuff at night, you know, like in the shop, kind of like you guys where it's like, you know, that all the, all the things are done for the day and you can right. kind of, yep. you can kind of do it. And so yeah. that has been a little bit of a struggle. It's been trying to figure out how to, it's like, I really, really, really like the videos that are shot from where someone's actually recording it, not off of a tripod. Right. Um, but right now it's like, 
we're working with the tripod or in this in the case of that uh grinder video was my welding quick clamps because my tripod broke as soon as i started <laughs> so nice. yeah i posted a picture on instagram of that but it's just like a series of clamps <laughs> vice grip clamps great. yeah yeah but yeah so uh, interesting I, I like those tips yeah another thing i would say is uh one thing that that we did and this is um I don't know if it's abnormal or not, is that when we started uh, YouTube, we were not, um, we weren't thinking about making money. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing it because we both really enjoyed making stuff. And, you know, and that, in my end, that's making the things I make. And in Devin's end, that's making videos. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, you're always making stuff. So why don't I just come over and film it? And he was like, you know, like most of the channels on YouTube just is like one person setting up a tripod with a really crappy audio and they're mm -hmm. getting views. Yeah. So let's, let's try to do it a little bit. He's like, I have the, the, you know, the know-how and the background in film. So I'll mm -hmm. come and I'll shoot it and we'll get different angles and, you know, and you talk about it and we'll just do it a little differently and see what happens. And, and so our goal was to try to just make stuff and hang out in the shop and, and put some new content out there. Um, and it wasn't like, how do I make money off of this right away? Right. right. It was like, I just yeah. want to do this stuff because I enjoy making stuff. And so yeah. that's where we came up with the art of craftsmanship was because I had the art background, but I also love the craft of making things. And, and, mm -hmm. and when you're, when you're making something in the craft world, as opposed to a fine art world, it's its purpose is its function right and so then yeah. you have the form form and function together so so where do you find the art in uh, a knife it's the the level of craftsmanship right so it's like right. i've taken the time and i've looked at all these things and i've tried to balance and symmetry and you know composition all the things that i know about art i try to put into this thing that now is going to be you know looked at as purely a functional object but the art is in the, the level of craft. So we were just, that's the idea was like, let's make these videos because I enjoy making things. And then, mm -hmm. and then, you know, that, I mean, I don't know if that was what helped our channel, but it w it helped us, our mind frame of yeah, like, I mean, we'll just keep making videos. Yeah. It's like, the, yeah. I think Gary Vee says it. It's like, you can't write hook all the time. And right. the, the people who write hook all the time on YouTube, it's very obvious that they're just trying to get views for money and, uh, yeah. you know, that, that they're fighting that that battle and it's like the people i like i don't watch youtube much but the people i do like right. obviously are just doing it because they enjoy it and right. they like well why not run a camera while we're doing it um so right yeah yeah i think also one more tip if if you can get help some of the time with shooting because then you can kind of cheat it then it feels like a, a second camera guys there or more so if, even if you could just get whoever someone in the, on the company or mm -hmm. girlfriend or whatever to shoot the intros and then like one thing in the middle mm -hmm. and then an outro like a b-roll b-roll yeah. kind of stuff yeah, yeah. If you like right. you know you do your stand-up thing and, and hey guys welcome blah 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 we're gonna do this today mm -hmm. and then go to all your gopro stuff on the stand or your phone or whatever mm -hmm. do a little something in the middle another stand-up where the where the camera's with you and then go back to the tripod stuff and then end it with with the uh a little wrap-up so then it cheats it. People feel like there's a camera mm -hmm. crew there, even though you only had to shoot three things for the whole video. Yeah, totally. Totally. I yeah. like that. One of the things that we do um, that Devin has done since we've started that I didn't really even realize why he was doing it is that we will we'll do our intros and then um, 
he'll will do close-up shots of mm-hmm. the different things I'm holding and talking about. So then four or five, you know, quote unquote takes in a row, I'm just standing there acting like I'm talking about the whole thing I just said, and I'm holding this piece and trying to redo what I just did. So that way he can insert these shots. So it gives this effect of a multi multi-camera crew. So you have a camera from the front and then you have cameras from the sides and it's just one, one of us doing it, but you know, something like that too, you can cheat it that way where you just, you just change the camera angle and do some close ups of what you're doing and then go back to, you know, so kind of throwing in those different camera angles that helps as well. Yeah. Dalton did that, uh, when he used to shoot, um, me and I never really realized that, but that's probably the same thing he was doing. Yeah. was just kind of like putting it in as as if there's a second camera but really yeah he's just like he's like shooting it and then he's like changing drastic positions and then yeah um, right and yeah, i'm exactly. continuing yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, and it, like i mean i understood what was our hand gestures i understood what he was doing for years but i didn't realize it was the the mindset of like the mm-hmm. the, the audience sees this one shot from the front so in their mind some subconsciously they know there's a camera directly in front of me yeah so if you're showing insert shots, they have to come from the side because that's where the cameras would be, right? It wouldn't be another camera right in front because the audience subconsciously knows that they would see that in the shot. Right. So these opposite, these different, you know, directions. I was like, oh, that's why you're always shooting them from the left or from the right because yeah. you can't add that shot in the middle because yeah. that's where the camera is that's shooting me widescreen. Like, yeah, oh, that's smart. And, and traditionally, it. if you don't go more than, I think it's like 30 or 40 degrees away from the angle you're shooting, it's jump cut. Which ah, it used yeah. that used to be uh, jolty, like that never happened in movies because it, it it feels uncomfortable to see that. Now with YouTube, it doesn't because everyone jump cuts all mm. all over. Yeah, so yeah. Th- it would always be you'd have to switch an angle to 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 switch, you know, to to, to avoid a jump cut. But yeah, and also the other thing is obviously you get inserts of the stuff. <clears throat> you can take um, the intro, Dustin's first few sentences from take one. And then there's a shot of the thing he's holding, and then you use take three, and there's another shot of the thing he's holding, and you wrap up with take two. So yeah, you're just yeah. you're grabbing the bits from the best edited bits from, so you don't have to use all of one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One thing that has been, I mean, with very limited um, data to, to say this, because we don't have that many views on our YouTube channels, but uh, one thing that's been received really well has been when we just shoot through and uh like all of our mess ups you know like i fell a tree yeah. or dalton fell a tree and it like got hung up and then it was like me with a chainsaw trying to get it unfell up on yeah. out <laughs> nice. right and it's like yeah the com- the comment section is just like a bunch of angry old men who are watching another man <laughs> on the internet fell a tree instead of doing it himself but um <laughs> I'm, I'm always like uh our customers like our true fans are always like yeah that's great that you guys actually put that in because most people would yeah. just cut that out and um mm-hmm. we're, we're i'm hoping to be able to do more content yeah. like that where it's actually showing like what it is to be in the woods and dropping trees we got five acres and it hasn't it's it's a disaster in there it's just oh, like yeah. there's <laughs> a bunch of dead standing and dead deadfall and half hung up snags and you know it's just i want to record some of that and show um the whole process because yeah um we all mess up and we all like see that whole you know 
So speaking of that, or speaking about messing up on camera, um, I was I was watching your your newest video of making uh, hanging the axe with one tool, mm-hmm. uh, which was awesome. But um, the one thing that I thought was great, you like the first time you're using the angle grinder and you like put it down on the table and the <laughs> head's still spinning and it just like zips off the table and falls. You're like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oops. Is it off? Yeah. Oh man. And there's like a, there's like a swirl on my welding table from, <laughs> from, putting from, it, down. from it. Yeah. Like sat down and just like off the table. Oh man. No, yeah. That was great though. I was like, I'm watching you, you know, use this one tool and, and it all makes sense. And then you start like banging the, the accent off with the angle grinder. <laughs> I'm like, man, he really is just using one tool. Yeah. I figured, um, there, it's funny. Cause like a lot of guys are like, I've used an angle grinder never to that extent, no, but yeah, I've exactly. used an angle grinder and, uh, an old friend of mine, Clinton gear, uh, out of Texas, which you might know him, uh, off of ax junkies. Um, he's got a pretty big, uh, collection he i was down at his place in texas in 2019 and he was like dude i hang everything with an angle grinder and a flat <laughs> and i was like really and i had i do i do that all the time right yeah. uh probably not no uh, i right. do not <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot easier ways than using a angle grinder as a sledgehammer but right. <laughs> um i uh i uh i do use it often and i think that a lot of people don't like the like the lack of romance that comes along with that. Right. Cause like right, when you yeah. have an Instagram reel of like drawing curls off of a blank uh-huh. of hickory with an, a draw <laughs> knife or like a Shinto rafts, just yeah. taking, taking chips off or shavings off. It's like, yeah, that looks cool. But like, come on, like <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just trying as a, as a user, I'm just trying to get this ax handle replaced. And, yeah. and so I can go back to splitting wood or um, time's money here. So it's like, we're just trying to get this back. And it looks yeah. great. It works great. It's it's not yeah. like um, a lot of people think. It's like, well, you're you're using that tool. It's like, oh, it's probably a really, you know, junky hang. It's like, no, it's it's just as good as if you use a Shinto rasp. It's just a lot faster. So right, um, yeah. Yeah, I like to show those things, and I want to show great. more of those. Where I mentioned in that video, I was like, you guys could do this with a pocket knife and a rock. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm yeah, like, and I'm like, darn it. <laughs> Now I have to do it. <laughs> now I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hold myself accountable here. I'll say it. I also want to hang an axe with with the head. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, huh. And if someone beats me to that video, it's okay. I'm still going to do it. But I would like to. I would like to get <laughs> a, a, like a hatchet, like super sharp, and then yeah. use the head to. Um, I'll be using a vice probably um, right. in there, and 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 probably a hammer. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But it would be really cool to use, like, it for itself. Um, right. And I yeah. think, as I'm look, thinking through the process, um, I think it's doable with uh, wedging and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not going to look like, it's not going to be, like, hashtag Instagram, you know. <laughs> right. Axe, <laughs> hashtag axe, axe porn on Instagram or whatever. Right. But, you know, yeah, like, yeah, pretty. let's do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the process. Yeah, that's, I guess you just have to, like, I guess what I would do is, while you're you know going on and off with the head you just can't you can't set it as far down as you normally would until the end so yeah until the end right because Mm -hmm. because you got to be able to get it off some way so if you're just using the head like that that would be the trickiest part is like how do you get it off if it's seated really well right so you just have to kind of take your time and go slow and then Mm -hmm. when you know you're ready at the end then just just seat it and yeah put the wedge and flip it over and use it to hit oh yeah i feel like it's gonna be the same thing where i was like 
I put this hat on and take it off so many times. I had to edit it out. I feel like this one's going to be 10 times worse. It's going to be like a yeah. thousand times of me. <laughs> like, oh, a little more, a little more. But yeah, That's so great. the one tool challenge, if you guys ever, yeah, think of like a tool that you want to try to use, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys should make a one tool challenge. I like that. Yeah. It's uh, really using one tool. Yeah, yeah literally one tool. Um, yeah, so, and I'm looking for suggestions. If anybody wants to shoot me an email, Brandon at whiskeyrivertraining.com. Nice. With suggestions <laughs> of uh, what tool I should use to hang an axe. I'll, I'll do it. Or at least give it a shot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah that's and awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Keep the keep the mess ups in. As long as it's, I mean, I don't know, Dustin. Is there things we left out? Unless it was something huge and you just did it wrong. But I, I, I can't remember. We're usually yeah. like, oh, that's going to stay in. Or, you know, it's. Yeah, usually, like, the the things that I will, like, ask you to leave out is if, if, like, if I say something wrong, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. I need to, like, I need to say it in a different way, right? Because it's not coming across the way I know it should. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. anytime, we, yeah, when we make mistakes and stuff, or, like, it, like I think one of the one of the most fun ones I like is I was using a center punch one time, one of our early videos, and I hit it, and it just goes flying out of my hand, you know, and across the room, and I'm like, oh, go find it and, you know, search around for a while and bring it back. <laughs> and people love that, you know, yeah. like they love that stuff. We get so many comments of people that are like, I'm so glad you show the mistakes or I'm so glad you show these little things because that's what yeah. we all do, you know. Yeah, it's funny because if you don't show it purposefully and you mess up, they call you out oh, on yeah. it, right? Yeah. It's the same people. Uh-huh. It's like I, yeah. I watch Aaron Witt on on YouTube and Instagram. He's a, a marketer for the dirt world. Um, great dude. Anybody that's listening to this or you guys should follow Aaron Witt. Uh, he runs a company called BuildWit out of Nashville. But right. he was talking about how um, on bulldozers, uh, sand is abrasive. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Sand is corrosive, he says. And it was like, <laughs> the comments was like, sand is not corrosive. It is abrasive. And what he was trying to say was is that sand with salt water on it is right. corrosive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's funny the things people get hung up on. Everyone oh, knew what he gosh, meant, you yeah. know? It's like, and yeah. So. But yeah, that doesn't hurt your anything. It's just no, more comments, right, exactly. more, yeah, like, exactly. more interaction. They love that. Um, there's also something that I, I, I don't like when YouTubers do it. When they say something wrong, unless they're, really trying to describe something specific or like, hey, this is how you wire this thing, mm-hmm. then fix it. But they will do like a voiceover or they'll do like a talking head segment where they're discussing something. And then when they mess up the word, mm-hmm. they pop that uh, little text thing in, you know, when right. they do that. Yep. And mm-hmm. they'll be like a uh, half inch. And then a little thing will pop up that says like one inch or wrong right like they said it wrong i right. did that i did that on that video <laughs> devin <laughs> See, I, I don't i said the 20c and i meant 28 so yeah, i was like 28 C. I, yeah. yeah that that's okay because you are like you're you're talking about a specific thing that's for your company that oh, okay. you want people to like buy mm-hmm. but when it's just someone messes up a, a word or something yeah. that could that people could skip by don't bring attention to it. That's yeah. That's what I, I see. Yeah, because it does pull the attention away from like the next ten seconds of the video. Right. You're, you're like, like, wait, wait what, what did he say? say? Yeah, and then back <laughs> it up. Yeah, <laughs> right, and right. it's like, oh, I he just said the instead of is, you know, or yeah, something. It's, right, it's right, pretty irrelevant. Right. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny because I I I kind of like it when people do that. I don't know why. I'm always like, huh, oh, that's clever. You know, it's like uh-huh. it's I don't know. Maybe it's something about the graphic nature of it that I enjoy. But I, mm-hmm. I understand, like, your point of view, Dev. Like, I mean, you know, 
we we obviously never do that in our videos and you know the, but there's two of us there and we do lots of shorter takes rather than longer takes you mm -hmm. know so you know but i can imagine someone who's doing more of a monologue and talking and talking and talking you know you get all the way through it you're not going to do that you know the whole thing over again if you feel like you messed up somewhere along the line it's easier yeah. just to like pop in and edit on there if it's something where it makes sense like for you brandon like devin said it made sense because you want to make sure people understand that you're saying this thing that oh, is yeah. available and not this yeah. other thing right yeah, definitely. and so you just you put that in because it's it's beneficial to the to the customer but yeah i was just trying trying to save time in the email inbox of people being like where's the 20c you know yeah right exactly but if it's yeah, yeah dustin talks talking about a measurement on something he has in his hand or something and then it's just like well it is what it is and if anything people will comment on it and be like well that's not a blah 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 to this it's like all right it doesn't matter okay thanks for watching and commenting yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i'm always helping. like i just respond i'm like you're right thanks yeah i said it wrong <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's funny as you grow as you grow the comment section becomes you know people are like don't read the comments it's like right. the comments in the last especially during COVID, it's like the comments were pretty savage on a lot of platforms because mm -hmm. people were either bored or struggling with some pretty crazy mental health uh, things yep. or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just or sick, you know, and uh, yeah. it's like I got so used to just being like, yeah, this does not matter what this person is saying uh, during yeah, COVID. Right. Before that, I was like, man, I'm getting fired up about this guy. I'm going to like teach him, you know, and it's like <laughs> as, of, as of lately, it's been like, thanks for the help, you know, thanks for thanks for commenting you know yep. um, you're yeah. taking this way too seriously man <laughs> <laughs> right exactly thanks for the comment yeah. yeah we just we just did a video with our brother Derek our oldest brother um, on rock balancing which is a pretty like uh, controversial yeah I kick thing. over every it, single one it, I see yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so and like and that's the thing like we we should have shown and I think I, I put a, I pinned a comment to the top that we did like take down the rock balancing when we were done like we didn't yeah. leave them there you know okay, we yeah. and we put you know we the the stones we found were from the shore not from the river you know or mm -hmm. from the you know from the land stuff so but but it was like it's like man there's a there's a lot yeah. of uh, like I don't get fired anger. up about it. yeah I don't <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it, I don't take it personally when people bounce rocks I just that's my <laughs> but right yeah. there's definitely people in the world that like will see people balancing rocks at like a state park and just like start yelling you're like dude I know, like it's so <laughs> funny relax like, man, I know the people man I'm like man people are really passionate about this yeah the world would be great <laughs> if there wasn't any people you know so. <laughs> <People>. <laughs> to tell you that like, you're doing man, things wrong like, yeah they're like they have so much animosity about like there's just people they just want to get out in the woods and hang out and bounce stones these yeah, hippies i'm like is that not wrong? happening yeah is that i mean what's why are you angry about this like ooh, yeah man, i mean are passionate roy and i went on that hike uh <laughs> yep. last year in montana and it was like the people that were fired up that we were hikers and not on horseback that's mm. crazy right it's like you guys are walking it's like yeah and they're like doing what like walking and they're like yeah but you guys don't hunt or and Roy's like well I'm fishing and it's like oh, okay well that's fine then I guess like, that's okay yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, right. you guys are you guys are idiots for, for walking why don't you get a horse it's like I don't I mean yeah halfway through that trip I definitely wish I would have had a One horse, horse but, but... yeah but you know it's it's the or you know I had another guy who was uh his name was Golden at the beginning of the trip and um he said he was like your guys's packs are way too heavy and and we were like yeah yeah it's gonna be fine and yeah, we're like trying to get into the woods like we're like rushing because we're trying uh -huh. to beat daylight or beat it uh getting dark and he's like 
he's like holds back being like uh this is unsafe and he just won't stop talking we don't even know this guy he's just like at our we're at the car like (laughs) about to walk in for 14 days and this dude's over here being like you guys need to keep your packs under at least under 20 pounds and he's just like going on and on about all these things it's like dude (laughs) it's our life yeah right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know why you're so passionate about this like (laughs) right yeah exactly we gave him a bucket of chicken and he left so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah here's three pounds of chicken he's waiting for yeah oh man we gave him so much chicken yeah we stopped at the grocery store on the way in and we told the guy behind the deli that we were hiking and he just like he gave us like all the chicken that was like left <laughs> and we were like you we're never going to be able to eat all this and so we gave it to that guy and <laughs> Here you go, yeah and yeah yeah by golden and the whole trip we blamed everything on him so like as you're hiking you know you're like damn it golden <laughs> yeah. it's all your fault yeah 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 i mean yeah people it's whatever it's fine if you don't like it or you think it's like uh it's it spoils the view or hikers get confused because mm-hmm. there's different things but we, you know we were yeah, doing right. it behind houses in like a small stream and whatever we took <laughs> it down after so yeah. in like suburban america hiking through here and getting lost because they think uh <laughs> they're on maple street <laughs> right <laughs> There's like a but, there's like a sanitary district right there with like a holding pond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It'll be okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but wow. you know, again, it's like, hey, whatever. You know, yeah, the you're the one the on the out- internet. You're the one on the internet <laughs> watching other people balance rocks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're like, why would you change the environment of them? Like, man, if you don't like that, you should see what we do to trees around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You should see all the rocks I built in my backyard for landscaping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, man. People, man, they're passionate. That I, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, hey, the algorithm doesn't care if the comment is negative or positive. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, All right, cool. Yeah, that, yeah you don't want to, you don't want to encourage it, but it's like if right, it right. happens, it is what it is. Yeah. But so we don't, yeah. we don't spend too much time even responding or what, because yeah. there are plenty of positive comments that we don't even get around to responding to, even though we try. So mm-hmm. if we're going to take time out of our day to respond to something negative, it just doesn't feel fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that view. It's like, yeah, if you're going to take the 10 or 15 minutes to get in your comment section and, and scroll through and reply, it's like, why not reply to the people you want to come back and watch another video right? and, and leave another positive comment or, or maybe not, maybe not necessarily positive, but like, um, something that could help you, uh, yeah. and help your channel. So yeah. Some guy who yeah, just absolutely. goes through YouTube, just like, screaming at everyone in all caps you know like right. <laughs> that guy's yeah, not exactly. helpful i don't want him back no yeah right <laughs> right yeah, yeah. No, thanks yeah yeah cool all right uh so at the end of um the episodes that we have that we have guests on we'd love mm-hmm. to ask you uh a, your disaster story and we've done this with all of our guests um yeah. you know something that happened that you know as we as artists the things that happen when we make things sometimes they fail so uh do you have a disaster story for us yeah so um I, it's not necessarily a maker thing. I've been working very, very hard on um, our warehouse building, which used to be just like a pole shed that was tied to the back side of this hardware store. And I've also been working on our house and uh, the shop at the house. It's like, I've got like 15,000 square feet of random buildings that I feel like I'm trying to like fix up at the same time. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) by myself, of course. (laughs) Well, with the help of my father and a few friends. But um, so... We hung steel inside this building, and I was like, man, we got to put lights in. And so my friend, uh, 
and local customer pop pop came up and wired in some new lights and i was upstairs pulling wire and i had there's a section that i kept because the drywall was super nice it's like really really nice and i was like i don't want drywall in the warehouse in this section but it's super nice it's white i'm gonna hang white might steel well all around there. might as well keep it and uh, i was pulling wire and uh my boot clicked uh, a nail a spike that came out of the truss and i tripped and i fell through the ceiling right <laughs> at oh. the drywall <laughs> and it tore all of this nice drywall out <laughs> and oh man and as i was falling my brain instantly went i knew i should have put steel here because i wouldn't have fallen through it and i fell through i landed on a table i was totally fine um and but it was yeah a disaster there was insulation everywhere and like mouse uh, i didn't even know there was mice up there but like the amount of mouse poop that fell out of the ceiling was nuts and then it's like you know <laughs> dust and all of that so that was my like you know as soon as you think you got it right as soon as yeah. you're like i'm on the home stretch i'm just pulling wire this is we're on the we're almost done i just i fell through it and uh yeah it ripped out uh uh it ripped out like an eight foot section and um, yeah, so now I, I put a, a mildew-resistant sheet of drywall up, which is the purple stuff, you know. So I've got yeah. white uh -huh. ceiling with this purple sheetrock uh, <laughs> in the middle of the warehouse. Everyone that walks in sees it, and it's like, what's that? It's like, oh, that's where I fell through the ceiling. So, yeah. That's where I Chris farley the ceiling. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> it was like I felt like there was like 30 minutes of me being very frustrated in like the four seconds it took me to fall. You know, yeah, like right. I, I had like a full conversation <laughs> with myself as I was falling. Like, I knew you should have put steel. It was like you you did this just to save like 150 bucks. You, <laughs> now you're gonna have to and spend you, all. Yeah, you're like, but but if it wasn't for the you know in your head, yeah, if it wasn't for the nail, I'd be fine. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you knew you should have done it. Like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just like yeah. getting closer and closer. So you yeah. fell. This is through like from the attic or whatever from the top down into the warehouse. Yeah, yep. And I had a I had a, one of those plastic um one of those plastic folding tables like yep. for trade shows and stuff and uh, uh -huh. like right below that section and it had a <laughs> it had all of our wire nuts and like all of the that stuff on it and <laughs> yeah. just fell through and uh, the electrician was actually on the phone with his daughter and he was like <laughs> and, and he's like it was super dusty cuz like it was just cloud of dust and there was no lights on so it was kind of like that work lights on yeah, yeah. all this dust and he goes brandon brandon and i'm like i'm okay and then he's like okay good and then he goes back to his daughter and she must have asked like what happened or whatever and he's like oh brandon just fell through the ceiling <laughs> and i'm just like it's like so nonchalant but yeah i i uh yeah i was like okay whatever yeah but yeah so um that was my oh, most recent uh i don't know epic fail i guess uh, it's not necessarily a maker's fail but Lately, I've been I've been just doing construction uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. And, um, oh, that's, yeah, and when you that's don't hilarious. know when you don't know construction that well, because uh, yeah. your dad was good at it and you didn't really pay attention that much, uh, <laughs> you know, Definitely a lot hilarious. of things, a lot of things, yeah, yeah. a lot of things go yeah. wrong. So, yeah. yeah, I've seen it done. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's I haven't figured great. out what I'm going to do. I'm actually I'm going to keep it purple for now. I was thinking about just writing it. No one no one comes in this building, you know, besides like friends <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So it's like I was right. going to write I was going to like 
buy a vinyl sticker for it or something. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta put like you gotta do like an outline of yourself, like yeah, come through like cracks, <laughs> <laughs> like do Trump Loy make it look like you're still falling through. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do something, and then that was gonna be like my art piece of uh, you know, like my art install of the warehouse. Yeah. Of, it's just it's super bright, it's super white. Uh, my girlfriend says I'm like a psychopath with how bright it is in here, but um, and then it'll have this purple, you know. Right, purple, purple sheet with, yeah, a little, a little tribute to that. <laughs> that's yeah. great, man. That's so funny. I can just see it happening, like you falling through, and, and the tables there. Like you couldn't yeah. ask for a better. Like, yeah, no, it worked out. <laughs> it all worked out. Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. And uh, of course, you know, during the fall, you're always like, "How can I save this?" Yeah, there's, right. the, there's the like point of no return. <laughs> you're like, yep, this is, this is we're happening. done. Yep. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll finish up with some recommendations. Um, Brandon, do you have a recommendation or two for our view, for our listeners? Just any recommendation. I, 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 yeah. didn't, I didn't think of this um, one. Uh, yeah. So I did, I wrote down Aaron Witt um, yeah. just because you, you mentioned him. What's, what's, <clears throat> how, how do people find him? Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, Build Wit on Instagram or uh, Aaron Wit on Instagram is his personal account. They're both relatively large accounts and pretty easy to find. But he uh, he basically is um, a guy who wasn't in the dirt industry and is a photographer and marketer. And he's he works for dirt and earth moving companies to help uh, better the image of that industry right to hire and find new employees and uh, all of that. And just his style of marketing is really great and his style of YouTube is really great. And I, uh, I just really value a lot of the, I take a lot, get a lot of value out of the, the things he says and does. So, um, yeah, nice. I would recommend him. And then, um, also, uh, Oregon restored tools, Jamal, uh, okay. which I'm sure you're familiar with on Instagram. Maybe? I actually don't know. No. Oregon restored tools. Okay. So it's Jamal Tristy. Uh, or I think that's how you say his last name. Sorry uh, if I mispronounced that, Jamal. But he's been a huge help to us um, in marketing, and um, he's he's gotten TikTok and all of that. But um, yeah, right. check out Oregon Restored Tools on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, Dev, you got one. Um, I don't know if I've recommended them before. Probably in different versions. Um. And as tradition, as is tradition here, I'm going to recommend a huge channel that doesn't need our recommendation. <laughs> well, I mean, Aaron so Witt didn't need it either, but <laughs> <laughs> we like to turn people into good stuff. So there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> the guy, the uh, you know, like uh, Top Gear and Grand Tour, those guys, yep. they have they just changed their channel. It was called like Drive Tribe. They they changed it to mm. What's Next or What Next. Mm. Okay. And it's like James May and Richard Hammond and those guys doing kind of youtube things like oh what, what is this car like i'm doing this thing in the back of my house like how much mm. is this uh, mm. reviewing cars it's just good i mean those guys are pros so them having a youtube channel is pretty cool so what next on youtube all right cool um and my recommendation today is actually a video i watched today um it's uh, called, the video is called Making 12 Bushcraft Slash Camping Tools, um, and it's by the channel called Outdoor Boys. Um, it's very odd because the, this video um, 
went live today and it had I think uh, like 216,000 views on it when I watched it. Um, the way the guy films is very um, like novice. Like he's just it's all like handheld. His tools are very you know like any random neighborhood dude who might have you know like a four by 36 grinder and you know like just some random vices and stuff he's it's like but um and and his like presentation is very it's like it's all this kind of like um i don't know it, it does not seem like a YouTube channel that would have that many subscribers, but he has two and a half million subscribers. Wow! Awesome. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, whoa, what? You know, like I'm watching the video and I'm like, I'm and like halfway through, I go to check out his page because I'm like, oh, is this just like, did he have a, you know, a viral video that blew up? And I'm like, oh, how many, how many subscribers? And I'm like, two point six million. I'm like, two point six million. Yeah, like, I'm like, reading this wrong. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, he, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right because he's found like, and and. The, that being said, like the video is awesome. Like he's using all these like very simple tools to make, you know, a bunch of different things, um, mm -hmm. for bushcraft and, and backpacking. And he's doing it. So like, he's like, um, very like goofy about it. Like I'm, I'm a man, I'm going to use a horn cup. So I'll show you how to make one. And he's, <laughs> he's playing up the whole like super manly side of it. And he's got these little kids are running around. They're helping him stuff. And yeah, <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's done great. And like, once I, saw what he was doing and saw the views and saw the like the channel subscribers i'm like good for that guy you know like whatever he's doing he found he found the right niche he's like he's putting the right things out there and he's he's had the success and yeah. most channels that have that many subscribers have moved like from where they started into a more produced thing right you know like mm -hmm. you, by that point it's your job yeah. Um, and and, you're and you can afford the equipment, money to, yeah. And, yeah, and production, mm -hmm. and and he's just like the video seemed like it was the one that he would have done, like maybe his first video, you know, it was yeah. very, very like easygoing and very nonchalant and very, um, like yeah, just uh, just not very well produced. <laughs> it was very like a, <laughs> yeah. a starting YouTube video, but but it was great. Like it was really funny. The pace was good. Um, the way the editing was good, you know, it wasn't the greatest like shots and stuff, but it was all like the pace was really good. So you could tell that he's got a lot of experience in doing it. But, um, but yeah, I, so. I think that it's worth mentioning, um, that what I enjoy about your guys' YouTube channel is uh, a very similar thing where it's like the tools you're using and the techniques and doing it in your downstairs, mm -hmm. it's, it's relatable. Um, and it, I, I, Dalton and I talk about it as being like, the customer avatar that we want which is the guy with the downstairs shop or mm, the right. neighbor who has the downstairs shop right it's like right. you guys seem like my neighbor who like has like the tool to do this it's not it's not right. like the fanciest thing in the world that tool yeah. and you, you, um but yeah i i really really enjoy that about nice. your guys's channel um probably the same the same reason why you're enjoying this guy's channel so it's worth yeah, mentioning right yeah yeah it's very relatable yeah, yeah. That was mm -hmm. what it was. It felt, it just felt like a normal dude, you know, like making a making a video, and Your he's buddy. got like just the basic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. He's got kids running around. It's like normal <laughs> life. Like one point, he's yeah. like outside, and it starts raining, and then he goes inside, and he's like holding something with his shoe and grinding it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> just like a normal dude, you know. It's yeah. like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. It, it inspires other people to do the thing. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's Cool. What we all can that's what we all should dream of accomplishing is inspiring somebody uh, throughout the day. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely.
cool. All right, everybody. Well, uh, we have come to the end. Whoa, God, take it easy. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you had outro music. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, no, um, so, Brandon, thank you so much for hanging out with yeah. us yeah, and man. chatting. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, it was a blast. You guys can uh, you can find Brandon um, on Instagram at Whiskey River Trading Company on Whiskey R- on on uh, Instagram. Um, what? How else can people find you, Brandon? Uh, well, I'm on TikTok now. Uh, I had oh, a TikTok takeoff here like minutes before your thing. Uh, oh, really? Nice. Yeah, of a of a little of our wood boiler. So TikTok, Sweet. Uh, Whiskey okay. River Trading, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and then. Uh, the easiest way to find out when we have things in stock is our newsletter. That's our, that's our like channel. We reward the people who subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, they get first dibs on all inventory. And since we've been having inventory issues, just like everyone else, that's, uh, that's a good tool to be signed up for. So whiskeyrivertrading.com and, uh, you can sign up there for the newsletter and yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really like the, the newsletter. I've been, you know, signed up for that for a while and, and it always comes through. It's like, not too long it's like easy to read it's in your voice you know yeah. like i just hear yeah. your voice and like you're like hanging out you know you're just typing to the fans you know to like the customers everyone's there like oh okay yeah. so I it's just it. like an email from brandon you know yeah, like oh, exactly nice. yeah we don't want to we don't want to write novels i don't have time to do that and I, right. I, a lot of a lot of folks are out of jobs so um they don't have much time to read that so yeah if you yeah. uh it's uh and then also uh the auction is able yeah. to be found on the on whiskeyrivertrading.com on the left hand side there's a auction tab you can click that and there's a little how to and a calendar in there um but uh there's a click here section click that and that'll show you the lots uh, or the current auctions we have available and uh you can click and register to bid awesome nice yeah. um cool all right um so i didn't mention it to you, this to you before um the podcast and i'm just gonna mention to you right now it doesn't okay. matter we're on the podcast but uh when we're done don't hang up well okay that way it just stay on but okay. <laughs> for everyone else who's listening <laughs> i was like i was gonna type it like but i was like man i can't you know so uh <laughs> but uh but everybody thank you all um so much uh make sure you head over to whiskey river um on uh online and and you like said like brandon was saying you can find all the links to everything there um go check out his his stuff he sells awesome things if you don't know about his axe handles or the you know the council tools that he sells go check them out they're definitely 100 percent worth it and when you get a product from brandon and from whiskey river it's going to be the best product which i've always found so um, you. you can check them out there you're welcome and uh make make sure you guys don't forget to head over to youtube Check out Brandon's channel. Go watch his uh, axe hanging with one tool. It is definitely worth it. It's it's a great video. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, subscribe over there. And, and also um, let us know what you think about. You can check out one of our more recent videos where I hung the um, the three-and-a-half-pound plum on the 30C Whiskey River, Whiskey River handle. Check that out. Uh, like and subscribe, comment, let us know what you think. Um, and you can also find us all on Instagram. You can find me at the art of craftsmanship and Devin at the art of camera guy. And then if you guys um, are so inspired and you want to support uh, what we do for the art of craftsmanship, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the art of craftsmanship and support us there. It makes a big difference and we really appreciate it. Yeah. And for patrons, the thing that we, we said quickly earlier on was we're working on doing a weekly video where we answer or where Dustin answers like the five questions of the week and 
we also react to a troll question and Dustin <laughs> yeah. like does a show and tell at the end. So yeah. it's going to be like a little 10 minute video once a week just to um, uh, keep us out there because each video takes us two or two weeks to a month to make anyway. So that's something yeah. we can do quick just to be around and Stay any consistent. patrons, yeah. any, any like patrons, we're yeah. going to um, answer their questions on there as well. So if you become a patron, you just drop a question and anyone else who wants to send us questions, we will be, Dustin will be answering them on the channel. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Thank you all so much. Brandon, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Devin, always a pleasure. All right. And we will talk to you guys all next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.